Good morning, good afternoon, good evening to you, wherever you are, and welcome to the 4Play podcast for episode number four of season three. My name is David, and I'll be joined as usual by my fabulous co-hosts and music brothers, Alan, Darren, and Mark. If you're not familiar with the setup of these shows, we pick a theme for each one, and then we choose four songs or albums related to that theme. And in today's show, we're going to be talking about some of our favourite debut albums. In case you're wondering about hearing any of the songs or music that we discuss, unfortunately we can't include them in the podcast, but I will include a link for a Spotify playlist in the show notes and also on our Foreplay Music Facebook group. So, without further ado, let's get on with the show. Debut albums. Debut albums. Banging debut albums. So, to be clear, it doesn't have to be the best album by the band, it's... We're just picking debut albums which which we enjoyed for whatever reason. Um, yeah. Well, sorry, Dave. I say on the thing you're not. I had to go with best debut albums that I didn't think had been beaten in subsequent albums because otherwise I'd have ended up with Simple Minds, The Stranglers, The uh, Magazine, <laughs> blah blah blah. So I've I've had to take okay. a bit of a yeah. I've, um, yeah, I've did yeah. Good. Although, interestingly, there was one album that three of us went for. Oh, oh it wasn't just me and you then. No, no. So, uh, but let's keep the suspense going, shall we? <laughs> yeah. So, welcome. More We're... being in suspenders. You're such a tease. <laughs> so, uh, we are rolling. Um, let's do some quick hellos and let's go around clockwise. So, Daz, we were together last week out for um, a gig. We were, yeah. Paul Draper, the ex-Manson lead singer, playing a, I guess we'd call it a low-key gig in Exeter. Yeah. Um, yeah, I really enjoyed it. And certainly when I reflected on it a bit more, I I guess I was not disappointed, but I expected a bit more on the night. Yeah. But after we left, I thought the next day, I thought, actually, that's what he does now. He's a solo artist now. He's not a big... No big band behind him. No. And yeah, I've really enjoyed it. Yeah, how about you? Did you enjoy it in the end, David? Yeah, like I did enjoy it. It's um for the benefit of uh of Mark and Alan and, and the listeners. Um we were extra Phoenix. Normally it's a very dependable venue. Uh however on this occasion the the, the sound was off, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah especially ideal. for the support. I think they sorted it out a bit. For Mr. Draper, but it wasn't. Yeah, it wasn't amazing. It wasn't amazing. But you were there a couple of days later as well, weren't you? Yeah, for Tangerine Dream, and the the, the sound was tip top. So um, you know, it's fantastic the the sound. But yeah, okay. I just I did remember some one, one thing. So at one point you were looking, you had your um cam. So sorry, we were at the front row of the balcony, and it's got yeah. something I don't think I've seen before a balcony which is glass fronted. So it's got. So basically, you can you could sort of bend oh, yeah. down and you could look and watch the watch the band through it. Um, but there's one but you point. Cut yourself off. It's well, it's the same yeah. as a balcony. So it's it's the same as balcony height. But one point. Yeah, go on. Sorry, sorry, David. I'll just say. So at one point, Daz was trying to look for something on the floor, and you put your um, the light on your on your phone on. Yeah. But then I saw that uh, Paul Draper was looking up at you because, of course, from where he was, all he would see is your light shining down on your crutch. 
and your legs. <laughs> Amazing. That actually, that came on completely accidentally. <laughs> but I was videoing a little clip of him, and for some reason, as soon as I hit stop, the light flashed on, so I put it down quickly, and yeah, Paul Draper probably just saw um, yeah. <laughs> my he, he didn't smile. <laughs> no, I'm sure he didn't. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, good, good week there. It was an good incredible week. Um, carrying on clockwise on the screen as I'm looking at it, it's uh, Mark joining us from I, Edinburgh oh, with a oh, lovely sunset. Oh. Yeah, lovely sunset tonight. That was from the office and um, glad to be back in the office. Well, I've been in the office for a few months, but it, it's a it's a complete breath of fresh air. And um, glass balconies rem reminds me of a, a bar in a very seedy part of Bangkok. <laughs> Uh, I'll not go into oh. detail. But <laughs> suffice it to say, the uh, the girls were. Um, it was a glass ceiling, and the girls were dancing off. And uh, it was a a mirrored bar. So as you were looking down, having your beer, you could you could see these compromised ladies uh, mm -hmm. having a dance. Um, <laughs> or next to nothing. Suffice it to say, I suffice it to say, I got out of there very quickly. <laughs> uh, if you're listening to this and we're not after the watershed, just turn it off now. So. Yeah, once I ran up a tab of about 6,000 bats. Um, yeah, no, great great to be back. Uh, I've, I've had a couple of great weekends since we last spoke. I was over in Ireland, um, called out to my, my pal Des, my guitarist, uh, took, took him over, gave him a lift over. And I, I, I went through a place called Banbridge. And... Say again? Des. Des, my guitar snake. Not Des Kalela. Oh, anyway, yes. here's, here's the crack. There's, there, there is a, a link to this, a tenuous, well, more than a tenuous link. Hmm. So I went to Banbridge, and then I went down to see family in, in Newry, and then I come back up to Belfast and all the rest of it. Um, but I, as I went via Banbridge, uh, I was thinking to myself, there was a horse running at Cheltenham the following weekend. The last horse at half past five, and it was twelve to one. So, I uh, I stuck a double on with another horse called Ellie May, and uh, a tenner got me three hundred and twenty quid. Jeez! Whoa! Nice. Milky bars are all on me. <laughs> so, wow! So yeah, I, I couldn't believe it myself. I was like, um, yeah, t t unusual. Unusual. Very unusual because I'm, I'm never in Banbridge for a start. Um, yeah, but there you go. Anyway, uh, uh, that's been oh, my last you, two weekends. Your old man would would be prouder then. He would as as a as a bookie up in the sky. Okay. Yeah, yeah, as a bookie up in the sky. I'm he sure he gave you a tip, didn't he? Well, I was down on the week, uh, maybe about eighty quid or something like that, which isn't bad <laughs> considering <laughs> that some of the results at Cheltenham were weird and wacky. Yeah. But you lost uh, quid. So well, yeah, three twenty minus eighty. So there you go, two forty oh. up. That's oh, all right. Keep you a yeah. whiskey for a week. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't touched whiskey for a wee while. <laughs> so there you go. Anyway, good, good, good to see you guys. And you. And and last but not least, Alan and um, your your moniker for today is Patrick Hernandez. Yeah, born to be alive. Yeah, yeah. I just something, something came to me, and um, I used I, there's a time when I can remember when I was with my mate Minchin, 
years and years ago. This would be, I think it was about 1978, something like that. And uh, we knew Patrick Hernandez was in the charts at the time. And uh, it was the middle of summer. We were both in summer jobs. And we went out, decided to go over to Kiln Park where, in Tembe, where, um, where, where Andrew's, Andrew's uh, mum worked. Anyway, it was a disco. We, it was, as I say, it was probably like a Wednesday night in the middle of summer, August, something like 78, something like that. And I've always got this picture of this DJ who came across the stage and he was playing Patrick Hernandez. Right. And he had a toilet seat around his <laughs> neck. <laughs> and that just came to me for so re no other reason than half an hour ago. And I thought, I'm just going to be Patrick and Andy tonight. Nice one. Fruit. That is the God of truth. But, but no okay. toilet seat. He put Patrick Hernandez on, Born to Be Alive, and he danced across the stage, the DJ, with a toilet seat around his neck. So um, did, did it inspire you to put a toilet seat around your neck so you too could uh, say that you're a full of shite? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Not what I did there. <laughs> yeah, 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 uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Oh, I'm quick today. I'm quick today. I, I, got, a, I got a, a text from a pal who's through in Glasgow. She works for the um, she works for the in the marine industry. She used to work for the Scottish government, and uh, she sent me a photo of um, it was a a, a a toilet and with shower facility, but it actually looked like a Dalek the sign for the for the toilet. <laughs> and uh, I I sent her a, a text back saying, exfoliate. <laughs> oh, very good. <laughs> See, right. I am. Um, on the ball today. You're on fire. On the ball. It's a pity that my work isn't. But there you go. But that's one thing I don't do anymore because I'm retired. <laughs> I don't get that. I, don't but get I must that. say, um, <laughs> in my retirement, there is some a very good uh, comedy program on at the moment for people who, who like comedy. Uh, which finders? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. A yeah. slow burner for me, but I'm really starting to enjoy it. <laughs> uh, I, I think it's a bit straight. <laughs> right. it's, I don't know. I don't want to get political, right? But um, Nicola Sturgeon came out with a, a, a public apology on, on uh, you know, witches being right. drowned and, and burned. Yeah. And it was a public apology on behalf of the Scottish government. It was pretty naff timing for that to come on the telly because... <laughs> It, it just seemed to be inappropriate, even though yeah. it is it is dark humour. But there you go. <laughs> uh, yeah. So uh, apart from that, I have mostly been uh, spending time doing up my garden and walking my dog. Oh. Beautiful. Nice. And choosing a debut album for this week's show. Uh, yes. Okay. <laughs> let's let's kick off. Um, Think we're, I'm going to do it in the order that people appeared. So I'll go first, Darren second, Alan third, and Mark yeah. in your usual position. Was I last to join again? <laughs> what were you? <laughs> oh, okay. There you come first. Yeah, the man who the man who is it watches is never on time. Yes, <laughs> you've only got eight watches. Only the eight. 
That's your problem. That's all, up my, all, all up my left arm. <laughs> Kick us off, Dave. Okay, I'm going to take us back to 1979. Um, I used to go on regular holidays uh, down to the French Alps. Um, stop, normally take two weeks out, stop with my cousin uh, and, and well, his aunt. Um, my mum used to come along when I was younger and she would do all of the cooking, which was great, the catering in the chalet, the family chalet, wonderful stuff. Um, but for me, part of the pleasure was not only being on the ski slopes and enjoying um, the, the, the weather, and normally we were there and it was good sunny weather, but it was also to catch up with my cousin Johnny, who I don't think I've mentioned before on this show. So Johnny was pretty much, a, or is pretty much, a second brother to me, older brother. And whenever I was there, uh, he used to try and show me the latest thing he bought or what he designed or he'd take me out and to different places, which is always great. And in 1979, he bought this new, a new turntable, amp and speakers. And in my mind, the speakers were four foot tall, but I guess they must have only been about three foot tall. And what he put on and he, he, he found the second track on this album it was Van Halen, their debut album. And oh, the second track on there is Eruption. And it almost literally blew my socks off. He just put this thing, whacked it up. And the, the house he lived in was standalone, so he didn't have to worry about neighbours. Blew me away. Absolutely fantastic. And uh, as an album, for me, it's uh, it followed on. There's a couple of key albums on there that have appeared. Sometimes there have been debut albums where you have uh, a band come along and they provide something which re recalibrates the, the genre. So you'd have Led Zepp with Led Zepp mm. 1 when that came out. And we're going to talk about another one later on, I know, in the show. But Van Halen, what you suddenly had was this great rock uh, music being played uh, with uh, obviously Eddie Van Halen on guitar. Um, his brother Alex on drums, Dave Lee Roth, uh, the singer and bassist Michael Anthony. And what they managed to do was produce great big sounding rock music, but also it was sort of pop sensitive. It's And so you had songs like Running With The Devil, Ain't Talking About Love, You Really Got Me, managed to get that great combination. And to have that as you fly out with your first album, I thought was quite incredible. And I don't know how you like a, a long song. But eruption, one minute forty-two, probably one of you know one of the great sort of limited guitar solos of all time. So, yeah. so I'm putting that what in as my first choice. one. What a great choice! What a great choice! Listen, in my band of all time, my my lead guitarist in the band was Eddie Van Halen. Massive, yeah. I'm a massive fan. And um, I got into Van Halen in the early '90s, and they would have been my at the time favorite American hard rock band. Okay still they still are by a country denial i don't think um yeah i don't think there's anyone close and, and on that album you've got another great song called in talking about love yeah yeah eruption is epic and i know it's only about a minute and a half but it blows your head off oh yeah and you gotta play it loudly but not on a sunday afternoon maybe on a saturday night or something like that you're right it's a, a fantastic intro album Time. What's the yeah. cover look like, Dave? Um, it's a it's 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 their logo. It's it's, it's the V um... V H with the, the wings. Is it red? If, uh, blue. If I had my if I had my Van Halen T-shirt on, mm. uh, you'd 
you know what it looks like. Sorry. Yeah. There's a way to look for it. There's a way to look for it. So it's it's a kind of VH put oh, no, together. Jump. It's kind of oh, no jump. Jump came out in eighty four. Yeah, that was the most uh, commercial single. I yeah, guess. yeah. All right. There it is. Just the logo. Yeah, I recognise that. Brilliant. I've got I've I have bought the album and got the T shirt. Yeah, so it's a oh, VH with wings essentially. Yeah, 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 yeah. which then became its own their own logo. So you see that. Yeah. It's iconic. It's a great, great logo. Yeah, I must admit, I don't know the album. I know a few of their tracks, but it's not an album I've ever played. So, no, no, oh, you, you've got to. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, you've got yeah, to. Yeah, well, I certainly will after this. Yeah. yeah. There we go. So that's it. We're off and running. Good choice, David. Okay, well, Damn. mine's going to be. Mine's going to be nice and brief, I think, really, because obviously we're cracking through them these days. So a bit of a curveball here, though. Um, so some of my choices, I, I, I believe, may be a little bit predictable sometimes. So tonight I've tried to veer away from that. I've gone for an album. This is probably the only album I've ever talked about that I don't actually own. Um, I should do. But you kind of know every track from it. You don't need to own it. Um, this one's come in at the 11th hour, and we'll find out why later, but a couple of us chose something um, that is definitely needs to be in tonight. So I've changed this one tonight. Um, it was a massive... The reason I've chosen it, I mean, this performer was a massive sex symbol, a massive teen crush of mine, without a doubt. Um, and I've gone for the album Madonna by Madonna. Oh, yeah. Madonna Louise Acciconi. Um, and it is, I mean, as it, we're talking about debut albums, and this album, it propelled her from, she was quite established in New York, but apart from New York, nobody knew her. Um, she was picked up by uh, Jelly Bean, I think, the producer, and he kind of said, oh, we can do this with it, we can do this with it. And she had this real upbeat synth disco sound going on, which was cutting edge at the time, you know, and the way she looked and the way she sounded, it was pure pop. And this album's got songs like Lucky Star, Borderline, Holiday. And even the ones you look at it and you think you don't know, you'll know them. When you hear them, you know them. So, yeah. So it is a curveball for me, I think. But I've gone for Madonna by Madonna. Oh, wow. Didn't expect that. No, neither did I till a couple of hours ago, Alan. But yeah, but it was on my shortlist. And when I, there was one I couldn't have, which we'll find out about later, um, I thought, you know what? I could have gone for, I won't go through the list now because you guys have chosen them. But I had seven or eight more. And I thought, I'm going to do something a bit different and put this one in. Um, and where would we be? Where would music be without Madonna? I think she's influenced so many people over the years. Yeah. Yeah, brilliant yeah. album. Brilliant album. Yeah. It's got on, say, Borderline. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, great cover as well. Yeah, I was I, I was trying to picture the colour. What is the cover on that one? It's like it's like it's like she's um, it's just her. She's got like a dull. It's a picture of her with uh, like a dull hairdo. Yeah, it's just her face, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, I know. I think I know the one. I, I keep thinking of True Blue because the first one of the first albums I ever bought was True Blue. I think that was probably my fifth album or something like that. Yeah, I remember going down and I remember where I bought it, but. Borderline's my favourite uh, Madonna song. It's a well. great song. Yeah, I great love it. Song. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's, uh, you know, everybody remembers uh, 
like you know like a virgin and yeah material yeah. girl and what have you when she when she came onto the scene i think it was 83 maybe was it 83, yeah it 84? was this album was july 1983 yeah yeah she, wow you just thought who's this lassie yeah and uh, she was so so yeah. provocative and yeah. um very very sexy yeah um and i thought of her the other night uh not, not just generally. Something reminded me. I was watching Annie Lennox, and Annie Lennox oh, actually yeah. almost um, crept into my debut album of all time um, with yeah. Diva, and they're they're similar, but they're so far, far apart. Yeah. Annie Lennox, you could go up to in a bar or a restaurant and say hello to, and she'd have a wee chat with you. Yeah. Madonna, a bit like a lot of folk who are just. I don't know, a genius uh, is, I don't know if the word's aloof. Japanese version. Oh, look at that. Alan's getting out his Japanese input. Japanese record well, she's, version. She's, she's no, a, like, a bit like David Bowie. She's had many incarnations as well. Yeah. And she's done it so brilliantly. Uh, yeah. She had the kind of like cheeky, naughty, kind of almost, dare I use the word, slutty girl in the mm. early 80s. Yeah, and then she had this very sophisticated Vogue, right. um, quite you know clean cut, yeah, sexy, style, sassy, film style, style. Yeah, absolutely. Jean Paul Gaultier decorating her, didn't? She? Yeah, yeah, yeah. She is brilliant. She's absolutely brilliant. Yeah, and uh, that's that's a great choice. A big, big, big shout out for my cousin six, six Johnny decades, again. Yeah. Sorry, just a big shout out for my cousin Johnny. We went. I was went with him and his wife on a on a road trip one summer um and we drove along in his his works van he, he used to installation of walk-in refrigerators so he had this great big van um only only two seats at the front but he got an office chair and strapped it all in in the behind the driver and the passenger seat for me to sit on as we went along and when we stopped at services some along the way he picked up and uh, very kindly Gave me a Playboy with Madonna in it. Ah, yeah. <laughs> Excellent. My mate had a copy of that, and we were about, what was I then? 12, 13, 14. I used to go out to my mate's house, and he used to get it out from a box under his bed. Oh. And we used to just have a cheeky little look before his mum came home. <laughs> <laughs> so her and Jerry Halliwell have something in common then? Yeah. Yeah, very true. Yeah, Jerry liked to get her kid off. Back in the day, <laughs> didn't she just? for a play, if you've got it, flaunt it. Yeah, why not? I'm done filming for them next week, actually. <laughs> <laughs> just doing a cheap the sales, the sales will go through the roof. Yeah, they will. Yeah. <laughs> okay, um, Alan just had to duck out for a moment. So, Mark, you're right to step in. Oh, of course, yes. Um, so, is he back? No, no, he's not. I can see him. Hey, uh, I think you um, picked your album um, on a couple on a couple of podcasts back. Yeah, it was a track um, called um, "The Borderline." Yeah, yeah. And there's a great cover by a, uh, a great band that we all like. I think Mark included. Uh, "Borderline" by uh, The Flaming Lips. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Version of it. yeah, and I recommended that um, a couple of podcasts ago. Mm. And, uh, yeah, so that's a fantastic album. Yeah, 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like... It's an interesting cover, wasn't it? Hmm? Interesting cover. Yeah, sorry, Al. Uh, 400 uh, albums I've got upstairs I haven't opened yet. Oh, uh, clear <laughs> vinyl somewhere. Brilliant. Yeah. Oh, sorry, yeah, Mark. No, just, I, I remember an old a pal of mine, I met him on the boat going from, uh, it would have been Larne back then, to Stranraer, and uh, just got chatting, it was on the bus, I was heading up on the bus, which is, it's gruesome, it's absolutely gruesome, back then it was gruesome, taking the, the coach all the way from Stranraer up to Dundee, and I got chatting to him, and um, I wasn't expecting it, but he was a massive Madonna fan. <laughs> and uh, I got, you know, I, oh God, I was, I was into like hard rock and uh, all the rest of it. And, uh, yeah, he says, oh, I love Madonna. And I thought, oh, fair play to you, fair play to you. Uh, <laughs> and then, do you know what's terrible? Do you know what's absolutely terrible because of the way I was brought up and all the rest of it? I thought, well, maybe he's gay, right? And that's, that's, <laughs> that's terrible. Back in the day, I thought, oh, well, you know, he likes Madonna. He's now happy with three kids now and um still playing Madonna and his husband yeah and his husband <laughs> yeah yeah so there well, you I, go I, one of my best gigs I ever saw was Madonna uh at um the Cardiff Arms Park or the Millennium Stadium as it uh, was oh there. yeah you lost there didn't yeah. you yeah um we won't talk about that uh there's <laughs> no people watching so it's no 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 uh, Italian people watching, so there's no no need to mention. Forza that. Italia. Yeah, uh, we haven't got many listeners in Italy, in Italy. But, um, um, but we do. But we do. Yeah. Well, apart from Madonna, of course. Uh, um, but yeah, the uh, the Millennium Stadium was great, absolutely yeah. brilliant. But the thing was, got there, it was heaving. The outside to get in. But my daughter Charlotte, she was in. She said, "If we get to a certain point, we'll be able to get into the golden circle." Oh! So what? What happened was we basically got into the stadium, then ran basically into <laughs> the where the twenty, you know, twenty-two meter, twenty-four, twenty-two yeah, meter, something yeah. like that. If you got into there, jumped into there. That that meant you were in the golden circle, and once they had a certain amount, you were there all night. So right. they gave you a wristband, and mm -hmm. so you were there. Madonna is basically dancing up there. Wow. It was fantastic in the round. It was brilliant. Yeah, brilliant. I love okay. Madonna. Super. There you go then. Darren, I don't just... think we never talked about it before either. No, Darren, can I just remind you? You said that was going to be a quick one. It's a refreshing surprise, oh, you know. Change because, of palette. Yes, yes. And, and I might stick a bit of her on in the common days. And there you go. Well, I've mixed she it up is... a bit tonight. She's not the only one that's going to surprise you, I don't think. I've got massive Madonna selection. You, you probably wouldn't uh, know, that's right. think that. We've got another show yeah, coming up that might work for you then. All oh, right, okay. What's that? The Madonna. Yeah. The Madonna show, yeah. <laughs> well, well, we'll we'll work, we'll work that one out. Um, Alan, why don't you lead us off then with your next one? I 
I'm just going to put my sunglasses on for this one. Oh, God. Oh. And then take them off. Because he can't see a thing. <laughs> uh, can't read your right. notes. So I'm going back to 1978, this is. It's 1978. Um, just check the, uh, the Oracle. It is. It's July 1978. Mm. And um, sort of punk new wave is on on the way and um i think there was a band on top they were on top of the pops and they sang a, a song called top of the pops <laughs> and uh after that i just bought the album a band called a scottish band called the Rizillos. Oh, okay. uh, and the album's called Can't Stand the Rosillos. They never, I think they, they released a live album shortly after when my mate um, um, Rob Mayhew is on the cover and so is my Helen on the back cover from Tembi. Um, and, uh, but they never went on and they never surpassed this album. And it's a great album. It's one of the best punk albums of all time, the Rosello from Scotland. And uh, it's got, as I say, it's got tracks like um, Top of the Pops. Uh, it starts off with Flying Saucer Attack. Uh, there's a cover on here, I think. Um, uh, Glad All Over, I think who, who did Glad All Over, something like the... I think that's a Liverpool band, something like that. Something like Dave that. Clark Five, was it that one? Dave Clark Five, that's it. Yeah, I thought it was. Yeah, nice. that's it. Well, that's well. Nice. And, um, but a great, a great band. I mean, all the tracks on this are fantastic. And I, I should have said that at the outset there, the albums I'm selecting, I did, they're from, they're, they're artists that I didn't think their later albums surpassed their debut album. So that's how selective I'm being here. I'm not, I'm, mm. I'm just saying their best albums were their first, in, nice. in my opinion. And um, I've, I've played this to death. And um, I remember my, even my brother uh, lending me a, um, a home recording at the time and me playing in the bath. And I'm listening to Can't Stand My Baby. Diddle did, splash, splash, splash. <laughs> Brilliant. But it's a fantastic album. And um, some great um, Scottish characters on here um, from, the, from the world of New Wave and Punk. You've got um, uh, Faye Fife. She was lovely in it. She still is. You know why she's, she's called Faye Fife? Why? Because... If you ask someone who is a fifer where they're from, they say, I'm Fay Fife. I'm Fay, I'm Fay Fife. I'm Fife, yes. And that's why she changed her name. I'm just looking it up there now. I've never heard of them. They're from Edinburgh. But I'm Fay Fife. So that's where it was a play on. So Fae is from in certain parts of Scotland. And also Eugene Red. Eugene Reynolds, who goes around like this. Oh, whenever I've seen Eugene, 
on telly or, or anything on live. This is Eugene. And I think he's, he's picking uh, yeah. uh, For benefit of listeners, time. Alan looks like Peters and Lee right now. <laughs> I thought it was going to be Blues Brothers. Yeah, he's got a song. Oh, well, I thought it was going to be Madness, to be honest yeah. with you. Uh, yeah. yeah. I was so wrong. But he, he's missing the pork pie hard. Well, um, I think the album lasts about 35 minutes in the total. Right. Um, but um, it's just one of those. If you, if you know it, you know it. If you don't know it, please get to know it. Mm. Um, it's one of my favourite albums of all time. It's it's one of my favourite debuts from '78, and uh, and also there's a great um, the guitarist on here went on to do um, some great things with, um, in a couple of years' time. Um, he was responsible for writing for um, some uh, some of the greatest tracks you, that mm. you. Some of the tracks that we all know, and I, I just wonder if you know it. The guitarist on here was responsible for writing some from some great tracks, and including especially a number one track. Not at all. I, I don't know. Uh, don't you want me, baby? No, he's looking it up. <laughs> I can't humanly. I caught Human League and I thought, I guess, I, I guess, I haven't, so they had three or four number ones, I think. So was it Don't You Want Me Baby? Don't you, no, they only had, they had one number one. But Don't Did You they, Want Me Baby? Well, I thought Human was one number one One of the co-writers one. were Joe Callis from the Rosillos. Uh, so the, the album Dare, um, I'm, I'm, I'm sure a number of listeners will be familiar with that, but he, he was with the Rosillos and he also went on to make the album Dare, right. the album that it is by the Human League. So yeah, great album, great cover. Once I bought it twice. That's in red vinyl for people in watching in black and white. And that one was a re-release uh, a couple of years ago in yellow vinyl. So, and also I've seen them live. Um, I think I've mentioned this before a couple of years ago. My hearing has not been the same since. Right. <laughs> no. Uh, oh, yeah. I, I've never, I've never listened to them. Yeah. No. Never listened to them. Despite the fact. Sorry, Mark. Yeah. If you do one thing tonight before you go to bed, Mark, and I'll play the track. Play the the first track off off the album. We'll do. I'm gonna do this as well. And I'll it's do that. called. Flying Saucer Attack. Right, I'm going to stick it in the Apple Before tunes. You go, yeah. And I'm sure you won't be able to just listen to one track. You'll be moving on <laughs> You'll be hooked. to the next. I'll do that. I'll do that for sure. Yeah. Uh, I'm the same as Mark. I mean, it's quite rare that you on this podcast that we ever speak of a band that I don't even recognise the name of. And this is one of those. Yeah. So not only have I not heard it, I don't recognise the band name. So... I'm quite excited, Alan. I'm going to have a listen. It's going to go. Don't listen there. Brilliant. Yeah, honestly. Anyway, over to Dave. Over to Mark. Yeah, it's over to me. It's over to me. 
Uh, right, this one is probably a bit obvious, but we—I don't think we've spoken about them before. Is it Dana? Our... It's not Dana. <laughs> it's not Daniel O'Donnell either. Uh, that's uh, that's borderline racist, pal. Borderline. Uh, stuff your leaks up your arse. You started uh, it for the uh, Italian result. <laughs> so this came out. This is actually um, one of two albums I've chosen tonight from the year 1987 and um, it brings back very very fond memories for me because I'm sure the, the listeners are sick and tired of hearing me harp on about my favourite bands yeah, just yeah. like yeah yeah um, but this this band <laughs> um, kind of brought me out from that very narrow linear focus on, on music uh, loads of lads were playing it, loads of lads were harping on about it in school. So what would I have been? Uh, 87. So I would have been 14. And this, I heard this for the first time and it absolutely just knocked me off my feet. Fantastic. Um, it is Appetite for Destruction by Guns N' Roses. Nice. It, uh, oh, it opens up with Welcome to the Jungle. And then you've just got probably one of the best ballads or hard rock ballads uh, I've ever heard, Sweet Child of Mine. And even now, it, it sends a shiver down my spine. And I don't say that lightly. When I hear that and I hear Slash, who's very close to Brian May, uh, <laughs> playing that, it's just sublime. In the cubicles. Say again? In the cubicles. Uh, no, not <laughs> Not quite. Not quite. Not quite. Uh, so, uh, I think they had, right, I'm, I'm looking it up here, they had five hits of this one album. This is their debut album, right? So they had It's So Easy, Mr. Brownstone, I think it was a double A, Welcome to the Jungle, Sweet Child of Mine, Paradise City, we all remember, and Night Train. And the cover as well is... It's cracker is it's cracker too. It just comes in under an hour. Um Axel Rose is um contra or well he was controversial. He was um he had quite a few homophobic comments in the day. And he ended up in nineteen ninety-two playing at the Freddie Mercury tribute along with Elton John, which I thought was a, a pretty pretty epic moment. And they sang Bohemian Rhapsody together, and I always thought he was a you know he he, he, he he was quite strained with his voice, a bit like Robert Plant, but he did it so well, he carried mm -hmm. it so well, and uh, they they were a great band. They came out with a, a few albums and then just died a death. But what they came out with is just the stuff of great great music in the eighties, early nineties. And it's one of those that just puts a stamp on, on your youth. And I'd, I'd never tire of listening to this album. It's a great one for, you know, get up and go. I'm glad you brought this up, Mark, because this is on my want list. This album, yeah. for so long, has been on, but I but I, I want it on red vinyl. Uh -huh, and I know okay. it's on red vinyl. It's out there. And I, every... Every night I'm looking when I go on um, on eBay. I, 
every other night I'm looking, I'm saying, right, um, Guns and Roses, blah, blah, up, 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 red vinyl, and it doesn't yeah. doesn't come up. Well, when it does, it's second hand or something like that. But yeah, that's what I want to get. Yeah. Yeah, it's a great choice. I think that's one that we were fighting for, Mark, to be honest. Yeah, I think so. I, I wanted it in my four. I did. It I was... wouldn't have known it was a, a debut. Well, that yeah, says everything yeah, no, then, doesn't it? Big album, isn't it, for a debut album? Yeah, it's yeah, yeah, and, and, and it well. It's had the controversial cover, didn't it, back in the day? Yeah, it depicted yeah. Um, I think because the rape scene, wasn't it, which was pretty nasty. Yeah, that soon got soon got ditched, and it's got Night Train, doesn't it? And ah, oh, brilliant songs on that. And then uh, you know, after that, they had a lot of drugs and booze, and they had Use Your Illusion One and Use Your Illusion Two. Yeah. And it just, it never, it, it was never the same after that. No. It, no. You know. I, mean, I was going to, I was going to put this one in just because, I mean, it's not, I don't know. I'm not a big Guns N' Roses fan, but as debut albums go, I had a few mates. So I'm going to give a shout out here to my mate, Jay Tompkins, Graham Piper, James Gill. They were all big fans and they'd listen to it a lot. I'd hear it. I think, do you know what? I'm not a fan, but what a banging <laughs> track. And now you hear the tracks everywhere still, don't you? That's 1987, was it, that album? Yeah, 87, yeah. The tracks still played at every disco you go to and <laughs> yeah. you hear them everywhere, you yeah. know. Yeah. Great choice. And he's, yeah. he's, Slash is just <laughs> uber cool with a tall hat and oh. he plays like, a, a, I think it's a Gibson and Les Paul. Yeah. A, a, you know, an iconic guitar and he makes it sing he really makes it sing and um i i i think i garnered a lot more respect for them after they played in 92 and, and didn't realize how much a fan slash was of brian may mm-hmm. and as i said just there now it, it took a lot of humble pie for axel rose to do what he did uh and and uh, kind of redeem himself so irrespective of all that great album yeah great cover yeah. start yeah. to finish welcome to the jungle boom you're in there it's brilliant yeah 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 I, as i say i've been i'm a bit of a fetish on this album yeah. uh, but red vinyl because i know there's a i know there's a hmv exclusive out there I was going to say, when was that? That's in the last 10 years then, is it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Back. Yeah. Alan's got a fetish of this album. You'll get it, Alan. For the, for the benefit it. of those in black and white, he's now got the nipple clamps on. Yeah, I know. I could have bought it. That's <laughs> no. yeah. right. Mark, fantastic choice. Yeah. Thanks, Chance. That's brilliant. Um, okay, so yeah, me. Yeah, well done. Okay, I'm going to take us back 20 years then, 1967. Uh, this, band, this band hadn't released anything and in fact that year they were working with uh, Bob Dylan doing a, a collection of songs uh, which took a long while to emerge. They, they Eventually that, that collection got released in 1975 as a bootleg um, called The Basement Tapes. Uh, but what it meant for the band was they got a chance to, uh, to obviously to get familiar with playing with with each other, um, and the basement tapes were 
a lot of it were recorded in this Big Pink, the house, and the name of the album, Music from Big Pink, is where majority of the band, not very original, let's be honest, where the band recorded their their album, uh, debut album. Of course, they're pretty well formed, having worked for with, for so long with someone like Bob Dylan. You wouldn't be performing with him if you didn't have any chops. Uh, in fact, when this one came out, it was deemed to be a pretty revolutionary album because there was so much psychedelic or psychedelic, yeah, psychedelic type music that was swimming around at that time that um, it, it, it gave people, a, I think, a change of palette, what to listen to, and even had the likes of George Harrison and Eric Clapton, who decided they'd sort of move away from the, the music they'd been doing before and do something a bit more contemplative which was good. Uh, I do remember seeing or reading a fairly long article about the how they were recorded the uh, the big well, music from Big Pink in this this house. I'm not quite sure which state it was in. Um, and they actually sat around in a circle and they had the mics move around and they, they, they worked a lot on the sonics to try and work out how they picked up the sound to try and give it as original a feel as they could. Plus, there were all lots of different instruments they started using, so it drew on a number of um, different American roots-type music. So they had country, blues, uh, gospel, folk, some rockabilly, and in on on that album, I mean, it's great, and it obviously led them on to doing uh, many other good albums, good music afterwards. But songs on there, one of my favourites, "The Weight" is on there. Uh, this wheel's on fire. Uh, we can talk, and uh, as I've heard mentioned about this this album before, whilst the music is rooted in the earth, the album exists in your head, and when you listen to it, you hear all the different layers, you hear the complexity, because they use lots of different, there's quite a lot of brass in there, I think there's violins in there, um, no, a fantastic album, and uh, another another great one for us to add to our collection. Great choice. Do you what know? Great choice. Uh, no, 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 not at all. No, no, me. That's got me. I know the band. Right. It's Robbie, Robbie Robinson. Yeah, right. Yeah, uh, yeah. There's, there's a number of them. You had um, Levon Helm on drums. So quite a lot of them actually sang, but uh, Levon Helm also did quite a lot of the vocals. There's quite a lot of bitching afterwards about who, who was a leader and you know who, who dominated and what have you. And I think all but one of them actually from Canada. So quite a mix out there, even though you've got this Southern Sound record. I know the band, but I know their another album with the the, 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 the rainbow cover. What was yeah, that? Uh, you're right. Didn't we buy that all at the same time last couple yeah. of years ago? I, couple I years. Bought, in actual fact, I bought the Super Audio CD before that. Okay. Which is called uh, something sound sound something. Escapes can, me completely. Can I can I just clarify it? Yeah. The the band is called Big Pink. They're called the band. They're called the band, right? They're um, called the band because yeah, there is a band called the Big Pink. Obviously, yeah. as a, oh. a homage to the band who played at oh, Big right. Pink. Right, got you, and and they were. They were just basically Bob Dylan's backing band, were they? Yes. Or... Yeah, essentially. Right. 
Brilliant. They, they've been around a bit, but they, they hadn't recorded anything or hadn't released anything in their own right. Um, but obviously gave them a chance to craft their skills, hone them in. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah the, only, the only guy I'd heard of was um, Robbie. Well, in fact, I knew Robbie Robertson. Uh, Robbie Robertson. Robertson, uh, yeah. When he released the solo album. Ark of a Diver. Um, uh, in the 80s. I the Ark, Ark of a Diver. Yeah. No, it was... Um, oh, Steve Winwood. Sorry, I got that wrong. Steve Winwood, yeah. Um, Spencer Davis group. Yeah. No, track on that called once something down the crazy river yeah i think did yes. it have the neville brothers on it yeah. Yeah. no winding down the crazy river something like that. Winding and, down the crazy river. yeah and he, and he talks yeah he talks a lot on it. It, it i think it had top three that one i remember it because i hated it yeah it was a catchy it was a catchy uh chorus but everything else was just him yeah talking I, through the song i think they've got how many albums have they done there? oh they've done that they've done quite a few um i was just looking at robbie robertson that was 87 that one came out busy yeah. year somewhere down the crazy river somewhere, somewhere down, the crazy... down the crazy river that's yeah. it good um, man sorry alan, uh, alan you're asking is it stage fright was the album you were asked thinking about the album yeah 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 i think i, I bought that for on uh, Super Audio CD uh, All right. um, before I bought the vinyl. Yeah, yeah. Didn't Jimmy Nail cover that as well? Somewhere, Nail, somewhere down the crazy Nail. river. Oh, I'm sure, he, know, he might have done a cover of it. Oh, yeah, he might have because yeah. he, he absolutely ripped loads of things off. I, I was watching Top of the Pops 1992. Oh, you know that. Oh, Jimmy Neal, um, Ain't Nobody, is it? Wasn't it Ain't Nobody? I was watching Top um, of the Pops. Ain't the no Doubt. Ain't, ain't No, no Doubt is jeepers. Yeah. Uh, what a bloody awful song. <laughs> what, a, what a bloody awful song, She's bloody dying. awful album. Just yeah. crass. And then I was the looking at Crocodile Shoes, you know? Mark. You must have liked Crocodile yeah. Shoes. And, and I didn't realise then, I, I harp on, oh, here, music wasn't like, it's not, it's not like it was. 1992 was, oh, look, there we go. Alan just bought crocodile shoes. <laughs> you should be ashamed of yourself, Alan. Amazing. Yeah, hey, you own Jimmy now. Because <laughs> some of the finest songwriting is on this album from Paddy McAloon, who, um, right. Yeah, oh, that's why you bought it. Um, Paddy McAloon. Yeah, but the, the way he covered it, though, was just awful. Uh, I was going to say, uh, Jimmy Neal, God bless him. I think Smash Hits voted him the least attractive man. Hey, he did a. Of 1992, which is a wee shame. That's a wee shame. Did he do Ain't No Something? Yeah, he ruined that one as well, didn't he? Oh, oh no, that's Ain't No Doubt. Yeah, ain't, ain't, no no doubt. Like, ain't, ain't No Doubt. Yeah. I think he did Ain't No Sunshine as well. He likes his Ain't No's. Uh, he's a big mate of Sting, so enough said. <laughs> enough said. <laughs> What's wrong with Sting? Nothing. 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 Good. Him, so 
I'm championing his corner later. It's got to be good. Right, guys, I'm going to move it along. We're coming up to an hour. We've done six songs. Oh, sorry. You also did. <laughs> sorry, sir. I love, love Don't Live Here Anymore. Yeah, it is. Yeah, oh, not ain't no sunshine. Love don't live here, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah, ain't no sunshine. Sorry, Bill Withers. Yeah. Cool. Okay, guys. So I'm gonna do. Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna say this is another quick one, but it depends how much you want to talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> he likes that quick. He likes that yeah. quick. Yeah. yeah. I'm gonna throw another curveball at you. I have a, again. I'm not going for an obvious one here. So this album is stunning. It's from 1989. Uh, it's full of samples it's got organ the album includes a quiz show as it plods along well it's not plods along it speeds along it's got such a cool vibe to it um if you don't if you if anyone hasn't heard this album when i tell you what it is i'm so jealous because it's one of those if i i love it now when i listen to it if i could hear it again for the first time i'd be blown away it's yeah, it's an acquired taste, I guess. It's it's from a hip-hop trio. So if you're into your hip-hop, you'll know it. If you're not, you'll probably still know it. It's an album called Three Feet High and Rising by Dilla Soul. Oh, very good. Oh, yeah. And it is very good. such a cool album from start to finish. I mean, I've got... I'll show you this one. The cover sums up the entire album. It's bright. It's got energy. Uh, this particular oh. version is well sought after. It's a beautiful clear vinyl with splatters. It was done by Vinyl Me Please about yeah, I've got four it. or five I've got years it. ago. Yeah, oh, I'm yeah I remember you having the same one. Yeah, yeah. 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 Um, yeah. And it's just, the, al- the, the title of the album came from a Johnny Cash song, Five Feet High and Rising. So they nicked that off Johnny Cash. And it's got songs like Me, Myself and I, Everyone Knows the Magic Number, Free is a Magic Number, uh, I Know... It's got. It's even got a song about um, potholes, potholes in my lawn, and even that song is so cool. I don't know why Alan's sitting over his tongue out. He's got something to say. <laughs> Go on, Alan. <laughs> I don't know if he likes the album or hates it. We'll find out in a minute. Um, but that's that's literally. I, I've not got much to say about it apart from I think it's stunning. Daz, can I have those albums, please? <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh, this one. I've. I've I've got one vinyl envy joint. You got a you got a Joy Division poster album, I think, that I'll swap it for. We'll do like the you know the football cards. We'll do swapsies. Yeah, yeah. Oh, Alan's desperate to get hold of this. It's beautiful. It's a great album. I love it. Love it, and it's it's not my usual taste. But when I saw it coming up on vinyl, me please, I had to have it. Yeah, it is. It's actually. God forgive me, it's still not out of the wrapper. Oh really? So it's, oh. Yeah, it's still it's still there, but You've not seen those beautiful colours. No, I haven't. And uh, I need to. It, it yeah. was actually Alan got me into Vinyl Me Please. Yeah. And uh I've got a few other books as well. Because they, they they've got these books they bring out songs you have to have or sorry, not songs, vinyls you have to have in your collection. Yeah. And and that's that was just before I got in touch with you guys about Right. Do a podcast on on the uh, on vinyls and records. Might there just, you might just be yeah, careful if it's, it's shrunk wrap and you haven't opened it. Yeah, yeah. Over the years, they've done. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, properly, yeah. It probably oh, shrinks. Yeah. All right. Okay. You'll be alright. Right. It's only a few years old. But... Me myself. Yeah. 
Yeah, what an album. Myself Again, that's my mate Jay, a mate I've not seen for 30 years, a guy called Dan White, but hopefully he listens. Um, but yeah, they got me into that. And I remember sitting in his lounge, listening to it, and just thinking, this is cool. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And what, it's only right that such a cool version was released a few years ago. But... Mr. Wenzel on there. No, that was... Arrested Development, wasn't it? Was, yeah, yeah. On the wrong album. Yeah, yeah Mr. Wendell, that was, wasn't it? That, yeah, that was a different band. But, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, good tune again, though, but very similar vein. I can see it. Was, it, was Mr., it was Mr. Wendell. Yeah, Wendell. Yeah. Wendell. Mr. Wendell. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. great album. Yeah, yeah. Excellent. So that's it. That's my second choice. Yeah, what's that? Nice, Taz. Yeah, I told you it wasn't going obvious. Has, has everyone heard that? David, have you heard that one? Yeah, yeah. Yeah? Yeah. Yeah, I thought yeah. you were yeah. 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 David's sitting there like, hurry the hell up, lads. No, no, it's okay. Uh, Darren's got to bring the average down, so I'm quite happy. I think, to be fair, I think we're probably going for a two-parter here, aren't we? No, no. Mine's going to be quick. Mine's going to be quick. We'll be all right. Depending on Alan, of course. Oh, yeah. Jesus, all right. We're here all night. <laughs> well, uh, my next choice is uh, UB40 signing off. That's it. Nice. <laughs> it's a record. <laughs> See you next it's week. A, well, that is, a, that is a record. That's like under 10 seconds. Yeah. I'm signing off. To be fair, it. what is there to say about it? Quality album. Yeah. Uh, no, what can you say? Um... 1980, had I heard, 1980, had I heard much reggae, um, maybe, I've heard of maybe Bob Marley back then, but yeah, so 1980, they bring out this album, and well, to be honest, I think it was Food for Thought, and King came out as like a double A-side. King, yeah, I remember Uh, that, I got that. Yeah, um, uh, I actually went to see them in July 1980 in Milton Keynes, just just you know 29 miles down, up the road from where I live now. But at the time, I was living in London, and um, but the main reason to go was to see the police that was at Regatta de Bowl, the Milton Keynes Bowl. They called it Regatta de Bowl. Very good. Yeah, and uh, but yeah, um, UB40 were on uh, together with Squeeze, Tob Robinson Band, uh, Klaus Nomai, absolutely great, great, and um, and UB40, I'm pleased. Uh, But yeah, this album, so wasn't quite sure, uh, but I I knew I I could dance to it. It was a great, great, great. I could really groove to this music, and um, and um, oh, it's uh, one of those where I think, well, did they release a better album than this? I don't think they did. Obviously, they were all together at the time. You know, the two brothers, um, and Astro doing the uh, doing the intermiking stuff. But the great thing is this about the album cover, if you're watching in black and white, 
I mean, uh-huh. I'm talking about the album is UB40, uh, released on Gradient Records, and it's called Signing Off. And um, the, the cover is a, a, a picture of a, a UB40 card for, for people who were back in the day. That was the card that used to sign on if you were asking for benefits and things like that, which I was. Uh, just uh, only a, a year ago, a year before that, um, before I moved to London. But yeah, some great, uh, great tracks on here. Um, they were from Bir- from Birmingham. Um, right. Right, right. Uh, from Dudley, I think. And uh, yeah, they 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 kind of uh, were really big in the charts. Um, back in that in the time and um and they were they were i suppose they were against um i suppose you know, you know black people um not not against black people but they were you know fighting for um things that you know people had uh, happened for you know private prior prior to that and um in particular, King Martin Luther King, yeah. um, and you know, just a few, you know, quite a years later, that they're, they're kind of protesting. Well, you know, where are your people now? You know, where where are your followers? You know, yeah. uh, back in the you know the fifties, fifties, sixties, you know, Martin, Martin Luther King, and um, you know, where 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 are your followers now? And um, they were really having a go, I think, really. I mean, it was the first, they were almost like, um, they, were, they were like a white reggae band. Um, you know, I suppose the, the closest you could have got to them at, at the time was maybe the police, um, you know, particularly on um, um, Outlanders uh, de Moor and uh, Regatta de, de Blanc. But they were a great band. And, um, and the, I just, I just think they never, they were never ever any any better than this original album, because they they eventually they started to split up. I mean, Ali Campbell, great. I think he released maybe one or two solo albums after that. But um, I know that um, uh, his his brother uh, is still in the band. Get uh, his name now. I think he's still writing the songs. But that my the lead thing was changed over the years. But this is a great album. And, um, uh, it came with a free, a free twelve-inch single as well. Uh, I, I think they went. They had some, you know, some great singles after that. Um, I think um, the Earth is the Earth dies screaming uh, came after that and. And also, of course, they they became very famous for doing cover versions, uh, particularly with um, you know Chrissy Hines. I got I got new babe things like that, and red red wine. Yeah, that was. And they became a bit of a a kind of well, you know, we released a song, and um, you know, we, you probably heard it before in a, in a different guise, but yeah, but for me, UB40 signing off. Great, 
uh, debut album, they they never um, replicated this, even with um, the second album was called um, uh, Present Present Arms, and they did a dub version of it. But yeah, for me, one of these staple albums of 1980 with this I can remember dancing to this and watching on top of the pops great album yeah I think I got more well I think my first sort of exposure to them would have been Labour of Love Part 1 which was a bit later 82 or something like that I think and yeah. then I'd have yeah, gone back and, all cover versions. Yeah, yeah and I'd have gone back and explored signing off maybe two or three years later and yeah it is i i can't argue that it's their best album without a doubt their debut yeah yeah and for songs like kingston town and things had a really nice chilled vibe to it but yeah it never quite captured what they had on signing off and kingston right. town and stuff was a cover wasn't it yeah yeah, yeah. um oh, i can remember in my former job going uh and um I was go I went to Birmingham basically to find uh, on a fact finding tour, and we ended up um, um, in the in the NatWest uh, local regional office, um, where and it, um, we were in a room, and I can remember now that there were because the um, the, the, the NatWest had supported the band at the time that. There's some really there the gold discs on the wall of, of this album, mm. and um, yeah, uh, that was with um, that was with Mr. Skidmore. Mm. Oh, first, Rob, the, the great Rob Skidmore. I call out the Rob. Yeah, the first time I met Rob, uh, I'd met. We were in um, in the um, uh, it was called now West Midlands Regional Office for up in West, and um, yeah, they had a couple of gold discs, and so I think NatWest helped me along, along the way, so that means a bit to me as well. So, oh. Yeah, great. Yeah, good choice. Excellent. Nice one. Thank you very much, Alan. Mark, cue your second one. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I couldn't, I, I didn't comment on that because. I couldn't get into UB40 at all. They were, they were incredibly political. I think when I was a kid, um, and UB40 is obviously it's um, uh, it was it not something that you signed when you were on the dole or something like that, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. A UB40. I, yeah. I just couldn't. I just couldn't get into them, and I don't know why. Because it's it's bizarre. Because I, I'm a massive fan of the Police, who are white reggae, but um, UB40. They, they they kind of went over the divide of being a reggae band but white they were white mm. and uh i guess they were they were ahead of their time i just couldn't get my head into them at all but uh i'll give it a chance though no, i'll give it a listen right my second choice sure. is by uh someone who Started writing songs at the age of 11, so there's a touch of Mozart about her. And um, at the age of 13, people started to hear what her songs were about. She had her first major hit in 1978, I believe, 
with this song. She was 19 years old. It's haunting. Two of the songs on this album are probably amongst my favourite. If you were to ask me my top 50 of all time, two of them are on this album. It's uh, The Kick Inside by Kate Bush. Uh, Wuthering Heights is on it. The Man with the Child in His Eyes is on it. And The Kick Inside is actually quite sinister. It's it's a song which um, it's 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 quite incestuous. It's it's about uh, I believe from what I've read up on, uh, it's about her brother and sister who fall very much in love with each other. She uh, becomes pregnant and she commits suicide. So it's all very very dark and intense. And for someone of of that age to write such yeah deep and meaningful and uh, thought-provoking, near-on-taboo um, material, but so melodically put, um, is, is just incredible. It's um, She's always been a bit of a recluse, a bit of a hermit, but uh, Kate Bush for me, and it's a big call-out, by the way, to Dave Chapel, who took me to my very first Kate Bush tribute at the Fringe in 2018, when we watched Alassie running around in uh, a very opaque leotard <laughs> uh, being Kate Bush. Dave thoroughly enjoyed himself that day. I uh, thought you were talking about Dave Chapel for a minute. Dave, yeah, no, it was Dave <laughs> Chapel, yeah, Dave Chapel. And uh, he went up to her at the end. And it was it was basically the, the show was free and uh, he handed her 20 quid. <laughs> It's just like, just give her a hundred and head off of her, mate. You know? <laughs> so, what happens uh, in the fridge? Was, the oh, fridge. he was completely smitten with this girl. But uh, yeah, I'm putting I'm, I'm putting this album in as my number two. I and 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 the, when I started collecting vinyls, there's another wee story about it. And I knew how much Dave, his big bands and his, his uh, you know his favorite artists are as follows you two huge fan human league massive fan of them as well kate bush you can't see past kate bush and he, he's had this lifelong i mean he must be nearly 70 now dave <laughs> he's got this lifelong crush on on kate bush and lulu right that's his that's his ideal menage and um <laughs> If he's listening to this, he's going to kill me. But uh, I said to him, out of all the Kate Bush albums, which one? This was after the the gig. I said, which one would I, would I buy? What would what would you go? And, I, and he's like, oh, was it Ariel? Uh, and he said, the Kick Inside. And I got the Kick Inside. And uh, wow, I mean, nineteen years of age. Never mind Adele and all the rest of it. Kate <laughs> Bush. Oh. She's she's uh, yeah she's something else. So that, that goes in as my second my second choice. I absolutely don't think Adele compares in any way. No, <laughs> no, Bush is superb. I didn't actually realise this was a debut album. I'll be honest. Yeah. You know, until yeah. you hear this, until we talk about it, I didn't realise. I know it's a great album. Didn't know it was her debut. So brilliant. Yeah. And, and do you know what it is as well. You hear songs from your youth. So you and I would have been five, six years of age. Yeah, yeah. Wuthering Heights is in, indelibly marked in my brain. 
Uh-huh. Yeah. So, so certain things happen to you in your youth, even in your formative years. Mm. Wuthering Heights, it's it's so haunting. And every time it comes on, I could listen to that over and over and over again. Yeah. And I wouldn't tire of it. The man with the child in his eye, uh, uh, you know, the child in his eyes. Yeah. Another belter. Yeah, um, I, can, I can tell you the first time I heard Wuthering Heights, but I heard it, and you know you'd heard it when you heard it. It yeah. must be, like you say, six years old, but... It's still with me, yeah. Yeah. I remember it, yeah. Uh, well, we're a bit, a bit older than you. Mm. Uh, but yeah, I can remember um, Kate Bush on Top of the Pop singing that. Right. Yeah. And I, I can remember, I, in those days, I had a diary for some reason. Yeah. Um, I can remember writing Kate Bush on Top of the Pops. Just before Filofaxes, wasn't it? <laughs> well, they were the forefront. The, you know, yeah, the, they were. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. I mean the Roman, yeah. the balls, you know, the Roman. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Was she wearing the opaque leotard and that for top of a pop's performance? Uh, but yes, yeah, the, the, yeah. the leotard, yeah. <laughs> the leotard. I have to look that one up. Yeah, pink <laughs> leotard. I'm sure. I'm sure. Um, or am I thinking of something else? Anyway, um, yeah, she's. Um, but I, yeah, I wouldn't have um, been a bit controversial. Yeah, I wouldn't have selected it as my my favourite Kate Bush album. No, no. But that's no. not yeah. But that's not tonight, is it? No, but, no. But I think in my category, yeah, in my thinking of this, in my thinking of the, I would have. I would have said that no, I can't put that in because subsequent subsequent albums or album was better than better. The, yeah, so you've looked at we all looked at it slightly different tonight, haven't yeah. we? Yeah. Yeah, you've done you've done it again, Alan. You you, you haven't read the remit. <laughs> you haven't read the remit at all. You know, you, you you used to you used to be the man in our team with attention to detail. You have utterly buggered this up for the second week in a row. Only since you retired, though. I followed the rule. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sorry about that. I had to jump out of the room because uh, I was on five percent battery, and uh, the lead was in the other room. And I've got Patty, Patty the pup, who's joined me. So hello to Patty, oh, everybody. Hey, hello. Hey, I've got Jesse next to me. Hello, Jesse. <laughs> before before we move off but Kate Bush I just wanted to do a shout out for uh, Dave Gilmore David Gilmore because uh, if, if it wasn't for him you'll see he's an executive producer on the album and if it wasn't for him it might not have been made oh right yeah. and I'm really pleased that David Gilmore's listening tonight as well uh, yeah yeah um, well but... we, could, we can dream we can dream <laughs> I must say Kate Bush is a. I've told you this before. I've served Kate Bush a couple of times. Yeah. Lovely lady. Yeah. No. She is. She's. She's just everything. She is the perfect woman. Yeah. In a. In, a, in another job, I. I anyway, that's another podcast. That's another podcast. Um, <laughs> and before we move off, um, if Dave is listening, then hello. Hope you're doing yeah. well, Dave. Um, if Olga's listening. Just pretend you didn't listen to the last 10 minutes. <laughs> I never thought of that. I never thought of that. I, I just, 
was thinking, Dave, he'll have it on loudspeaker through the sound bar. And I've just told his wife that, <laughs> that he had a massive thing for a for a lassie at the fringe. Anyway, move it on swiftly. Move on swiftly. I can't, honestly, I couldn't believe it. I was embarrassed. I was just like, come on, you, get out here. Grab it right. on the scruff. David will cut the last 15 minutes. <laughs> 20 quid. 20 quid. I, I threw her a tenner. It was all right. Then he, he wouldn't give me a ride back in Oh, it was it was it was great it was a great gig actually she was she was fantastic it was in the voodoo the voodoo rooms anybody right. yeah 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 the voodoo was rooms that, up, uh, up from the cafe royal with the voodoo, voodoo george tree around this yeah it's a, it's a great wee spot great wee spot thanks mark let's start now the next round of albums so i'm going to throw another one in which is also by a 19 year old uh, someone who was influenced by sebelius and john cage he came to meld different different genres to create its own unique genre, um, folk, classical, rock, um, and by so doing, he went on to become a global phenomenon. Not only that, but Tubular Bells by Mike Oldfield is the album that really set everything off for Richard Branson and Virgin, so apologies for those who aren't lovers of his. Um, this was an album which became famous for being used as the soundtrack for The Exorcist. Um, certainly for me, it's it's an amazing album. I've, I did see Mike Oldfield play a couple of times, once at Nebworth. But for me, the, the best listening experience I ever had of it was when we were stopping with family in Canada. Um, they had quadraphonic. So it's actually stand in the middle of a room with quadraphonic speakers listening oh. to this and it going around you is great. I, I look for something a bit different in my music when I'm listening these days, but uh, it set the tone um, it's in, in the still earliest days of prog as well. Uh, and as I think inspired lots of different other bands for using it. So uh, it's, it's great. We've got, Alan's just produced a drink here. Okay. Oh, oh it's a new one. Alan's got a new, yeah, new drink. Yeah. He's just brought into into the show. Chris. New uh, um, water. There are two water with hops and yeah. barley. There are two clear. <laughs> so this is a great choice. Thank you. Yeah, that. So that that's it. I mean, there's if people aren't familiar with it, then. Uh, I'll put a single edit onto our Spotify playlist rather than 22 minutes worth of it on there. So I, this is the second time I've called out Dave Chapel because Dave and I used to, um, before lockdown, we would um, pick a day for the Fringe for the festival and we'd pick four or five gigs we'd go to and we'd basically traverse through um, the, the you know all the, all the, the venues at the fringe one we came across which was an inspired choice by david well these two guys i can't remember the name oh, i've seen it i've seen a video of it it's amazing so what they do is when tubular bells was played live in 1975 at the bbc um they these two lads play the entire album 
on stage, just the two of them. And they're running around and they're pissing beads of sweat. They're all over the place. They've even got the glockenspiel. It's just incredible. I've, I've seen this actual act three times. And what a, well, a homage, an homage to this fantastic <coughs> album, which made Richard Branson or, or helped him on his way anyway. It, it, it was did. the first big success for Vir Virgin Records, wasn't it? it certainly was. And it. Richard Branson made a lot of money out of it. It's the first it's album. Yeah, the first album on the Virgin label. So, yeah. and I think, oh God, I can't remember who they were. You keep talking, I'll look them up. Yeah. Um, but if you get the chance to see these lads when we all get back to normality, hoping that the fringe is back on, you got to watch, you got you got to go see them. Sounds good. I will do yeah. that as well. Yeah. Yeah, I. I... Sorry, apologies, Dave, but the, the minute you said what you said, I had to go and have a wee because I knew what you were going to talk about. Yep. And, um, it's, and you were really and, bored. No, no, <laughs> I told them that it's an album that it was one of the first albums that I had in my collection. Yeah. Uh, That's what I said, it was my first one, my first final. Yeah, because... Um, I think my mum got it for me from um, Britannia Records, Mail yeah. Order. Mail Order. Yeah. I must have plagued my mum. <laughs> Can you get this for me? And um, I, I can remember, you know, you know, now playing it. And um, when he goes mandolin, yeah, you know, what were you, what were you doing? That, asking no, when you know it's kicking in, you know. What were you doing asking your mum for, for an album at the age of 25? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, times were hard. But yeah, um, I was more like 11, 12, 13 at the time. Yeah. And uh, if you wanted to... The thing is that, you know, we... we I think we had to... I don't know what came to our... Uh, on a Sunday, would have bought maybe the, the Sunday People or, or the Sunday, Exp I don't know what it was, Sunday Express. But inevitably, there would be some magazine or something. And it, in there would be on the back page or whatever, towards, you know, or buy, you know, for so and so, so and so, so and so, you can get this album, get blah, blah, and um, and we'll send you another album, blah, blah. But you don't have to accept it. Things mm -hmm. like, send it back, you don't like it. I remember that. I must have passed my mum for something like that. Yeah. Um, and, and I can remember I'd got, I would have got that album, I would have got um, Simon O'Connor, Funkle's Greatest Hits. Yeah. Um, I would have got... Um, what else? I can't remember now. Uh, the Who, the Who, Meaty Beaty, Meaty, 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 are very originally called 
tubular bells for two. Oh. <laughs> and you can YouTube them. And I I would um, recommend all of our listeners uh, Google these guys or YouTube these guys. They are fantastic. Yeah. Absolutely fantastic. Yeah. Obviously, listen to the, the original album first. Absolutely. Yes. Yeah, Sorry, is. that's well that's the caveat. That's the caveat. You've got to listen to the album first. I think on that, I think obviously I knew like everyone does probably the titular track from like The Exorcist and things like that. Yeah. It was probably, I don't know, probably 10 years ago now. Dave, you said to me, yeah, but you need to listen to the whole album. Yeah. And I All think right. that's, that's probably the first time I'd heard the whole album. Right. And right. Yeah. And oh, it's a voyage, fantastic. isn't it? It's, or it's, it's, yeah, it's a whole it thing. Yeah. yeah. For, for, for a bonus point, can you name the chap who um, introduces the instruments? No. I'm I don't. Right, oh, I don't know the answer. Um, I don't know the answer. But, no. um, they did get a very well clipped, uh, very well spoken Englishman to introduce all of the instruments. I think he was an actor. Of these days, it would be Rupert Everett. Not Richard Burton, is it? No. Pardon me? Not Richard Burton, I don't think. No, no, it wasn't no. Burton. He was War of the Worlds. Mm. Uh, I, know he, I know he had a guy who, uh, another artist who played on there. David Bedford, but I don't think it was him. Is it Richard Branson? <laughs> no. <laughs> no. He's no. done a couple of adverts. Uh, uh, that, I couldn't tell you. And nobody knows. That's right. So Mark needs to Google that. Mark, why don't you look it up and Darren, you lead yep. us off with your yeah, you next one. Okay, you come I've, back to us. I find it. I find it. You go I've for it. That. A chap called Vivian. Stan Charles. Oh, right. Okay. The Bonzo Dog oh, Doodah yeah. Band. That's the chap. Oh, really? What, and he was an actor as well? No, he's... Oh, no. I no. thought he was an actor. Anyway. No, no he's a... Stan Ch what was he here? The Bonzo um, Dog Doodah Band. Bonzo Dog Doodah Band. Yeah, because yeah, he's a very fine, well-known he's a, he's very, Did he look, a, did he look a, a, a little bit like Ian Anderson from, uh, from Jethro Tull? Yeah, Bill Bailey-ish. Yeah, yes. Yeah. Like, that'll like, be that'll be him. Person in 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 modern day music, Viv Stanshaw. Well, there you go. There you go. Nice one. Okay, so glad we sorted that out before we move on. So I've gone <laughs> for my third choice. So this is probably a bit more me, and I'm, but not obvious again. So this is the most. I think this is the most modern one we've had so far. I've gone for two thousand and six. So it's a 2006 album. I heard the first single and I thought, wow, that is stunning. It grabbed my attention instantly. Um, it's probably the long one of the longest song titles or album titles of anything I own. It's called Whatever People Say I Am, That's What I'm Not. Um, and it's by the Arctic Monkeys. It's a real kind of, the, the title of the album was taken it's a line from a novel, Saturday Night and Sunday Morning, by Alan Silito. And that tells you a lot about the main man of the band of the Arctic Monkeys, Alex Turner. Very poetic, very... Um, I don't know if he's well-educated, but he comes across as well-educated and certainly loves his lyrics, his novels, his poetry, his literature. Um, the first song I heard was, I bet that you look good on the dance floor. 
absolutely banging track. Uh, when the Sun Goes Down was the second single. And it was real kind of, it was indie rock meets Britpop meets post-punk revival and punk rock, alternative rock. It had a bit, a bit of everything, really, from the um, the Northern Lads. Um, uh, I didn't, I don't know, I'll show you guys the cover, but the cover there just shows a really cool guy um, yeah. smoking, and I think the cigarette was removed on a lot of the publicity fo- uh, publicity posters that went out. Right. And I never realised that the guy on the cover, I just assumed it was a stock photo, a random guy, but he's called Chris McClure. And he's a close friend of the band. Um, well, he was a close friend of the band. It's elite. He's the brother of John McClure from um, Reverend and the Makers, mm. which I was never aware of. Oh, and he yeah, got yeah, 70 quid. 70 quid for doing that photo. So Alex Turner paid for his night out, said, I'll buy you a few drinks, take your photo in a bar. <laughs> and that was it. But I, that, that this album is unbelievable. It's got... Um, starts with a view from the afternoon, then it kicks straight in with I bet you look good on the dance floor. Dancing shoes, riot van, red light, <laughs> brilliant title for a song. Red light indicates doors are secured. Mardi bum, when the sun goes down from a ritz to the rubble. It's just from the first track to the last, such a good album. Not one of my favourite bands, really. But this album, when I first heard it, captivated me. So again, nice and brief for me, but whatever people say I am, that's what I'm not. Oh. Yeah, I remember buying it at the time on CD. Yeah? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's my, original, my original press there, which is a bit sought after, I think. Oh. Yeah, it's yeah. I've got I've got two copies of this vinyl. Yeah. And uh, it's entirely by mistake. Um, I ordered a, I think, <laughs> Vinyl Me, please. You know the way I have, they have a best album of the, of the month? Yeah. So I, I, I bought it. And uh, then, for some reason, my, my head was elsewhere. I saw it in HMV and bought it. And I was like, oh, shit, I've got two copies of this. <laughs> it's a great, it is a great album. It now you're a album. proper collector. We do that all proper the time. Proper collector, yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm turning <laughs> into Alan. Turn I'll, I'll have seven copies of Paul Weller's latest album next. Yeah. Um, yeah. But uh, yeah, I love it. And, and the, the title of the album as well, it's very like uh, the Cranberries. Yes, it is. It's Dead Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah everybody, else is, everybody else is doing it, so why can't we? Yeah. Which is, was in my top 10, but didn't make the top four. No. Great, great choice, great choice. Talented yeah, bunch of you. lads. They're, they're from Sheffield, aren't they? Yeah, Sheffield. it is Sheffield, yeah. Yeah, so, so Sheffield's had some, like, Human League, Def Leppard. Uh, yeah. the, oh, who else? Joe Cocker. Uh, who? Who, Dave? Joe Cocker. Joe, Joe Cocker, Cocker, of course. Yeah. Um, Pulp Fiction, were they Sheffield? No, Pulp, Jarvis Cocker, yeah. yeah. Pulp, pulp, yeah. pulp Fiction, Pulp, yes. Yeah. As well, yeah. Yeah, so they've, they've produced some great bands up there. Yeah, awesome. they have. Not a patch in Liverpool, though. Fuel City. Yeah. Uh, yeah Manchester. No, a banging album, and again, if you haven't heard it, well, you've heard tracks, but if you haven't heard the album, listen to the album. So good. Excellent. Yeah. Great album. Thanks, Taz. Okay, Alan. Here we go. 
bucket of Sheffield. Yeah, I thought this might happen. Um, it's not the Strangler from yeah. September 1981. And uh, I can remember was I down it. I think I've mentioned this before. I was down in um, Virgin Records in uh, High Street, Kensington. It's really the way they did their shops back then. They were like brown. Everything was brown. Brown carpet, brown ceiling, whatever. Anyway, this came on. Everybody moved to move to groove. Everybody moved to groove to groove. Everybody moved to groove to groove. Have you heard it on the news? About the smash groove thing. Voice of the angel. What the hell is this? And um, so That's what folk are asking tonight. Around the racks and <laughs> found, I found this um, green 12-inch single, which was, by, which was by the band I'm just going to introduce. And it was called um, uh, uh, We Don't Need This Fastest Groove Thing. Fine. What the hell is that? And uh, it's certain the music was brilliant. Anyway, a couple of months later, a band from Sheffield, Edinburgh, and London, Heaven 17, produced the superb album. Oh, brilliant. Ten Thousand Pavement. Great album. Yeah. And um, I mean, yeah. Um, it, they, they obviously, they, they're from Sheffield, but they, you know, there was a couple of guys here who were also in Human League. Uh, Martin Ware and Ian Craig Marsh, now joined by uh, Glenn Gregory on vocals, and uh, fantastic, just a fantastic album, Penthouse and Pavement. Um, you know, on top of that, you know, uh, they had this single, I don't, I don't need this fascist group thing, I mean, Penthouse and Pavement was a single, Play to Win was a single, uh, let, uh, at the height of a fight, at the height of the fighting was a single. Um, and the artwork is just superb. Yeah, love it. Yeah, nice. yeah. Uh, if you're watching the black and white, but yeah, um, I don't, they never went on to make a greater album than this. Okay, they they went on and did um, the luxury gap. And um, you know some you know some great tracks, but they're they're authentically um, laborites. They're pro they're pro labor. I love them for that. And um, and to this day, they're they putting posts on. I read a post on Facebook about half an hour before we started this. And um, just the just the way they do their their things and go about themselves, they're they're so professional. Uh, I haven't seen them live yet. I'd love to, um, but I think that I think once they did uh, the, their favourite track uh, of all time is probably uh, Temptation. Yeah. Uh, but um, I would I would go back and and listen to this. This is the original um, 
album and um, you know songs from you know when this album you know came out and they're still resonating today you know uh, track two let's all make a bomb and um, the height of the fighting it's um, no. I, don't, I don't know. It, it, I'll always love this. Love the album. I love the cover. I love the band. Uh, I've never seen them live, but I, I know the sort of music that that, that they're making. And um, and uh, yeah, interesting. I remember yeah, buying that. Choice. I remember buying yeah. that from Virgin Megastore in Tottenham Court Road. Yeah, he yeah. must have been so close, Dave, at that time. We we probably passed we each other. We didn't know it. We didn't know. Just no. didn't. The cover looks very um, kind of. I've never seen the cover before. It looks very oh. yuppie-esque. Were yuppies that's around then? Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. yeah, when yuppies yeah. started out. Yeah, yeah, so Early that's what, um, Yeah, that's probably me on the in the middle. Uh, or no, me <laughs> working at the computer. Yeah, you had a massive phone. Yeah. <laughs> we all did. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I remember back in uh, nineteen ninety-nine. And uh, I started, as I say, back in Ireland, curtain my my then wife. She had a, a half decent record collection, and the two records that 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 I remember very distinctly, taken out and playing, uh, was songs songs of the key of life by Stevie Wonder. Yeah, Penthouse and Pavement by Heaven Seventeen. Yeah. Loved the cover. Listened to it, and all all I thought of <clears throat> when I thought of Heaven Seventeen was Temptation. I came out I think I came out in eighty three. Um because yeah. I bought my mum the hits one album and it was on it. It's it's fantastic. Bonus point for how they got their name. Oh it's something to do with Barbarella. Oh. No it's Oh you're you're getting there. Uh, it's um, a Malcolm McDowell film. It is Malcolm McDowell, yes. Um I'm trying to remember the name of the film. It's escaped me. Um uh, Anthony Burgess. Yeah, Anthony Burgess. I was going to say. Clockwork Orange. And there's a there's a chart. There's a chart there, and Heaven Seventeen is one of the bands on there. Yeah. Yep. That's it. That's yeah. how they got their name. Yeah. Great. Uh, Records. Cover. I love the cover. You know, when we were doing the uh, podcast on best covers, none yeah. of us, none of us got that one. Yeah. Ray Smith. Yeah. Yeah, brilliant. Done by Ray Smith and the and the second album. Um, I had a, a a lovely 3D massive poster. It was 3D in as much as it it had cardboard, and then a poster, then cardboard and a poster of their second album. And I wish I still had it. But, but yeah, great album. Great choice. Um, yeah, the luxury gap. Yeah, that'll be revealed on a future. Yeah. Podcast. Yeah. We do best second albums. Yeah. Okay, Mark, your turn. You. It was on. I was on mute. Yep. Apologies. I'm too. I'm too used to Teams calls. Um, at work. Okay, so my third choice is finally getting a Scottish band in there. 
has come out in 1987, just like my first choice. Um, big fan of these guys. I've seen them a few times. I'm going to see them again uh, this year at Edinburgh Castle. Their lead singer is a big Dundee United fan. I'm also a big fan of the, those guys. And uh, I'm dedicating this to two people. Um, my mate Joe Coacher over in uh, Kitchener, Waterloo, outside Toronto, and uh, to Claire up in Dundee as well. This is uh, the debut album by Deacon Blue, Rain Town. Um, I can't say anything oh. more than it's just it's hard to believe it's the first <laughs> album you've got songs like dignity when will you make my telephone ring uh, which is a personal favorite uh, loaded chocolate girl and uh, the, the the opening track born in a storm once again we, we said it earlier on about an opening track eruption it's a minute and a half and they go straight into rain time um what more can you say about it i could play this over and over again it's, it's just it's another great album. It's a bit like Wuthering Heights. I could play it in a loop. And I, I just think they're such a, you know, you've got Simple Minds and Texas, Delamitri. You have a plethora of great talent coming out of Scotland in the 80s. And uh, these guys were a bit popsicle because they had... Um, you know, some some ditzy, well, some folk thought they were ditzy tunes. And, uh, you know, Real Gone Kid. But their, their stuff is top quality. And this is one of the best debut albums. That's why it's in my top four. How did I miss that one, Mark? Yeah. I play it two or three times a year, every year, guaranteed. Yeah. Absolutely brilliant album. And I missed it completely. Yeah. Can't argue. Every track is a total banger. That could have gone on our podcast a couple of ones ago where it was all filler, no killer. You know, all killer, no filler. That was brilliant. Yeah. Yeah. And it, it really talks about, you know, the, the issues of the day. Lo loaded dignity yeah. as well. It's all about, the, you know, the hardships of life. Oh, it's, yeah. a, it's a real... It's yeah. a, it's a, a, a social litmus test. Absolutely. In many, many ways. Yeah. Uh, especially in Scotland, the late 80s, 80s early 90s. Uh, it, was, it was almost prophetic as well from uh, someone who fell in love with the great city of Dundee. They went through very hard times in the early 90s. And it, it was almost like they were six years ahead of it. Yeah. Fantastic album. I, I saw yeah. them. Uh, the only thing I disagree with you, Mark, is I think when when the world knows your name is about our album. Do you? See, that's a great album as well, but I think I'd have to I'd have to go with Rain Time. Just it's stuck close. to the wall is number three. It's close. Yeah, yeah. It's in. Nice one. Good choice as well, though. I can. Yeah, it's tough that one. It's good. Yeah, I, I saw Did them. You get Oh, by the way, um, are you talking about the album that had the additional album with it or not? Yeah. The original one did, didn't it? Yeah. No, it had a, another album with it. Yeah, Riches. Riches. Yeah. 
Yeah. And there's a great track on there called Angelou. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, lovely. Really nice. Yeah, great. But yeah, Mark, they're a brilliant band. I've seen them. Uh, I've got all their albums. I've got all their albums on uh, on vinyl, and, and some of them I've never played. Have you been oh, buying the new sure? ones out? Have you but, bought the last few? Like yeah. they've had a couple, one of them was only on um, Pledge Music before that went a bit belly up. Did you have that one? Was it called yeah. Our House or My House or A House? I've got or? Our House, Our House, yeah, yeah. 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 It's a good album, but it was hard to get older. Four hundred. I should I should also very very quickly mention, he's a he's a new listener, and uh, I I wouldn't be forgiven for this. A mate of mine who I met in Dundee many years ago when he was <laughs> at Tayside Police. Uh, he's he's a very good friend now. We've rekindled our friendship after twenty odd years. Uh, Steve Borland, who is now in Newport and Fife, and uh, he's he's a an ex Dundee man as well, or he's a Dundee man born and bred. But um, yeah, this is this is for all my Dundee pals out there, uh, and Lorraine Kelly. <laughs> she loves it. But... Some folk will get that. Some folk won't. <laughs> Who is the guy we used to work with? Ian Blair. Ian Blair, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And this is this is um, a wee tribute to Ian Blair as well. Yeah, yeah. yeah God rest him. We had a lovely moment, actually. David, I'm really sorry, because this might upset you, but um, was it last year when you sadly had the dreaded COVID and couldn't get down to see Deacon Blue? Yeah, yeah. Um, we, went, we went down. David had booked brilliant seats, which I ended up benefiting from. And yeah. um, we all got up in the centre aisle, right down by the stage. Ricky Ross was going crazy, doing his dignity, really? and it was like, everyone get up and dance. And there was a dear old guy, he must have been in his 70s, beside me, dancing away. And at the end of Dignity, he just turned around to me, put his hands in the air. We gave each other such a massive, great hug. And his wife was looking on going, oh, this is so lovely. And it was the most, one of the most cute moments of my life. Amazing. And he said, oh, you Plymouth boys, you Plymouth boys are lovely. I said, please, don't tarnish me as a, I'm not a Plymouth boy. You're not a I'm an ex boy <laughs> but he said okay you devon boys are brilliant <laughs> yeah you devon boys yeah oh it's lovely absolutely lovely yeah Touching moment. see that's that's the thing as well just it's just touching on it deacon blue are such a feel-good vibe yeah. when you go to their gigs they are just because okay some of their songs are very um there is a an undercurrent of politics there yeah. some of them though are just Despite the undercurrent of politics, they are anthemic, with dignity, yeah. Yeah. real gone kid. Wages day, wagers day. God, I forgot about that oh, one. Brilliant song. Yeah. Yeah. And, they, and, and Ricky Ross. What's that, mate? I think they're all off when the world knows your name. Oh, yeah, that's very name. true. That's <laughs> yeah. very true. Yeah. Yeah. I love Ricky Ross. He's on uh, Radio Two a lot. He does a, a country slot. Yeah. And uh, you've got to see them. He's, he's, um, he's great. In, in he is great. Seeing them in June. Yeah, I've got seeing them in the summer. Yeah. Brilliant. Yeah, I could never watch them. Yeah. yeah. Postponed yeah. from from Lorraine COVID. Bass. 
She's a great singer. Oh, she's brilliant. Yeah. Yeah. Still got it. Still got it. Yeah. I thought, I honestly thought I went through decades, two, three, four decades. Three, yeah, not four. Two, two or three decades thinking I'd never seen them in their heyday back in the 80s. Um, a mate of mine told me recently I did. Oh. <laughs> so oh, I, I, I had that live. I think it might have been a little bit alcohol fuel maybe that <laughs> night, and I don't remember seeing them. I was there, wow. he showed me his ticket and said, you went with me, mate. <laughs> that was a good gig. Yeah, I bet it was. Yeah. Right then. Right, where are we at? Where are we at? Who's up there? It's me again. It's come round to me. So, the boss. So here we go. Uh, this artist, he left his, uh, his previous band in 1975 took a break, a music break, to actually learn piano and to, took music lessons. And uh, whilst he was away, his former former bandmates released a couple of albums, uh, Trick of the Tail, Wind and Wuthering. Uh, however, Peter Gabriel then pulled together his own album. So he'd left Genesis after... Um, after Lamb Lies Down on Broadway, uh, due to, I think, the, the, he'd sort of grown apart from the band. He had kids, or he had a, a, a wife and kid, and it didn't quite work the way he wanted, but clearly had his own sort of creative bent. And he released his own, or his first solo album in the beginning of 1977. Um, he surrounded himself with, with great musicians, including the likes of Robert Fripp on guitar, uh, Tony Levin on bass and Larry Fast on, on various keyboards and synthesizers. And what I found very interesting about his first album, so it's Peter Gabriel 1, also known as Carr, is that when you look at the, or you listen to the album, what you hear is that there's kind of, the, there's there's three tracks on there, Moribund, the Burgermeister, Burgermeister, Modern Love and Slow Burn. They all still feel as though they would sit on, you know, <coughs> right after Lamb Lies Down on Broadway or Nursery Crime or Selling England by the Pound. It had that big feel. Um, a couple of tracks on there, interestingly, kind of went in a different direction, kind of Randy Newman-esque type of things. Excuse me, and waiting for the for the orc. Uh, and then there's, there's several other ones, which then actually give you an idea of where he's going in the future. So uh, Humdrum, down the Dolce Vita and here comes the flood. The big single that he had on, on there uh, was Salisbury Hill. So commercial success. And Gabriel himself said about it that it was uh, it's all about being prepared to lose what you have for what you might get. It's about letting go. So, you know, very prophetic and reflective and, and obviously charted the way. Um, this wouldn't wouldn't fit into Alan's categorization. It's not his best album. Um, he's done many other good ones or great ones since then. But for someone who you know, knew that Steve Hackett was just leaving uh, the Genesis, the the what was then a four-piece band was kind of become a three-piece band, still harking back a little bit to the the Gabriel era. It was great to know that he was there and he was taking a different direction. 
So um, it means a lot uh, as an album. Remember vividly listening to this relentlessly when it came out. Um, fantastic album there and uh, set himself up for a career where he still keeps on producing new music. I'm actually a bit emotional about this one and I'll tell you why because Salisbury Hill for many, many years and uh, back back in way into my youth has been my um, like benchmark best song of all time for me. Get away. I, I Every time I hear it, I I don't know why, but it, um, it, it, it similar to Wuthering Heights, it uh, gives me a certain feeling. Oh. It's uh, if someone said to me best song written of all time, I'd say Salisbury Hill. Wow. Without a doubt, Gabriel's a huge talent. He, yes, he did go on to do many other great things and did so many great things with Genesis. Uh, so glad you chose this. It it wouldn't have been in mind because I don't know the guy well enough like you do. Uh, didn't explore him. Didn't explore. I haven't explored the albums as much. Uh, yeah, I'm the same again. You're in for a treat. Yeah, I'm, I'm just so glad that Salisbury Hill did I mention. There we go. It's it's it it's, is great. So yeah. Oh, where do you start and finish with it? Yeah, when you hear it, it's just it's perfection. Yeah, I mean, for it's, me, it's absolute perfection. And for him to write the song like that, coming out of prog rock with Genesis and all the stuff they did, yeah. it was at a completely 180 degree but you can probably it was just you, i mean just so it's cut across but you can just think about the the fact that when you've got you know it would have been five of them i'm not sure how many of them actually got to have a vote into what they did how you know what direction the music went and they all wanted to be able to chip in to show their, their skills they did it whereas when you're on your own you do what you want yeah, yeah. taking yeah. one. Album post Genesis, then was it? His first one, yeah, yes. Uh, yeah, yeah. What have been? Was it seventy-seven or seventy-seven? Yeah, February. Yeah. Wow. Great choice. I love it, and I love the cover of the album. It's it's utterly depressing. It's like he's looking out of a. It's called Car, isn't it? Well, and he's looking out of just yeah, called one. Yeah. It was just called. It's self-titled, but it's known as Car. Yeah. yeah. There we go. Okay. Brilliant. What, what would your go other on. songs be on that that you would recommend? Uh, I actually quite like the ones which are taking, sort of showing where he's going. So you know, it's easy to go for the likes of, um, what's his name? Uh, Moribund the Burgermeister. When that feels like, like a proper old school Genesis song, um, but I like the "Here Comes the Flood" down the Dolce Vita, which that yeah. has has the "To Be" um, Peter Gabriel sound on them. So I say it's 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 only three out of the eight tracks, eight or nine. Nine what tracks. What was the uh, what was the album he did with Games Without Frontiers on? I think it's on the one that Alan's got his arms and his hand melt. Oh, yeah. okay. Yeah, I've got one. Yeah. So that's that's, that a called... th that's a third one called Melt. Melt. Oh, sorry, known right. as Melt. Oh, yeah, known as Melt, isn't it? That's like I was talking about the White Album in the last podcast, which isn't called the White Album. <laughs> that one's known as Melt, but it's not called Melt. Let's see, there yeah. are more. 
<laughs> yeah, you're right there, Omar. Yeah. Okay, guys, let's crack on, sure. Baz. Right, we're down to me. So, okay, um, so. we love a quiz, don't we? I'm going to give you a bit of a quiz. So um, it's a very short one, hence I'm doing the quiz. It's a 2004 album. Um, the album cover was photographed by a guy called Matthias Acclaimer in 2000, so a few years before the album release. It's a photo of a southern region of Beijing in China. And all you see is the title of the album and the name of the band. And you see the buildings sneaking up the bottom with the Chinese lettering on the top, which stands for, it translates to Construction Material Development. Is it? Right, I'm going, to take a, I'm going to take a wild guess at this because I spoke to someone about this. Is it Hot Fuss? It is Hot Fuss by The Killers. Mark, what a great guess. I'll tell you I'll tell you why. Because um I was well not chatting but texting Claire earlier who said, yeah. Mark, I insist you put hot fuss into your top four. <laughs> Brilliant. And yeah. uh Good shot, Claire. Yeah, oh, okay, that was <laughs> yeah, yeah, great album. Yeah jammy. that was a jammy guess. When yeah, you, no, you no. The buildings, I thought, oh, it's got to and be. Actually, that when you when you know, when you know, and you look at that cover, it's iconic, isn't it? Already, yeah, you know, it's yeah. only been out for twenty years, but it's it spawned four massive singles: "Mr. Brightside," "Somebody Told Me," all these things that I've done, "Smile Like You Mean It," and the other songs I didn't just mention: "Andy, You're a Star," uh, "Glad Indie Rock and Roll." Uh, they're just brilliant songs. Uh, all these things that I've done, did I say? Yeah, that's, that was one of the. Oh, songs. brilliant! Um, but yeah, absolutely amazing. And Mr. Brightside, when I DJ now, people still ask for Mr. Brightside twenty years later. Like that's going to be in another twenty years' time. That'll be the Abba. That'll be the Dancing Queen. Can you play Mr. Brightside? <laughs> like it's forty years old, and people are still going to love it. And I always say to people, no, I can't play it yet. It's only nine o'clock. I'm going to play that at 10 to 12. <laughs> <laughs> and, and you and your friends are going to go mad for it. Um, and it's just such a massive album. A couple of years before my last choice, The Arctic Monkeys, uh, there's a touch of kind of new wave and post-punk about it. Um, and you can tell tonight I've not been obvious. I could have gone for U2. I could have gone for The Smiths, Manic Street Preachers, Radiohead, Pearl Jam. David had a few guesses earlier and thought that I would go yeah. for like the Benz and um, yeah, well, you know, some, some different, some obvious choices for me, but I didn't. I went for Hot Fuss, and I think it's a great album. Thank you. I'm done. Yeah, yeah. nice one, nice one. Signing out. Yeah. yeah, good album. Yeah. When it came out, came out on CD. Uh, I've got the album now. I think on Orange Vinyl. I think. Yeah. Yeah, a few years ago. Yeah, when, nice. Yeah. Mr. Brightside, yeah. Such a good song, yeah. When, so when Excuse the play in words. I did, excuse the play in words, but when it came out, I didn't really know what the fuss was about, right? I, I genuinely yeah. didn't know what the fuss was about. No. And then I listened to the album back to back. It's it's a great album. Um. I wouldn't say Mr. Brightside's my favourite though. No, no. But you wouldn't want to hear any other any other ones at ten to midnight. Yeah. Oh yeah, true. That's true. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. That's true. 
Uh, yeah, great album. And then they had a few after that. I, I would say it's their 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 a great debut, but probably yeah. their best album. I was just going to say exactly the same. This would fit into Alan's um, criteria for the night. I think. Yeah. I think this is by far the best album they've done. Yeah, because what was the one after that? Stan's Road or something? Sam's Time. Sam's Time. And even though their latest is called Pressure Machine, and it, it's it's good, it's good, but they've never hit the same heights as they did. Yeah, I've got I've got Pressure Machine, and um, yeah. I, I I was um, slightly disappointed with it. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> yeah they've gone it, off the kind of. Human were their albums. Oh, was uh, I don't think it was. Was it called Human? I don't think so. Hang on. Human. But there was an album with that song on it, wasn't there? So I their don't... latest. What I would say is their latest album is. Uh, it's okay, but the the lost that edge, you know that kind of really gritty edge to Hot Fuss, and yeah. even Sam's Town as well. They've they've lost that proper rock. Anthemic feel. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, they have. Yeah. I think our I'm trying to think what that was on. They've done it's, it's it on, wasn't on Sam's time. It's on Day and Age, the, the third day album. Day and Age. I was gonna say probably Day and Age. Oh right, that's it, yeah. 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 I think on the latest album, uh, I don't know if you've heard it, Mark, but they do a song with Phoebe Bridges. Mm-hmm. Um Runaway Horses. That's yep. a that's by far the highlight of the album. Uh, yeah, so I, think I, track, I think it, yeah, it loses something. Yeah, I'd agree I, you're right. Since Hot First, they haven't hit the same heights. I don't think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, but yeah, brilliant, brilliant debut album. Brilliant. Yeah. Okay, yeah, I do agree. Thank you. Who's up next? Who are we on to? Mr. Jones. Was it me? Um, this guy has not been any other band, um, as far as I know. Um, I can't <laughs> solo artist, he's, he's he's a producer. Um, he's been in, he was in Foreigner for a while, was he? Yeah, oh, I didn't know that, but um, yeah, Ooh, he's, uh, okay. he's like a clever, clever guy, clever uh, producer. Um, uh, what can I say? His name is Thomas Dolby. Uh, an album called uh, The Golden Age of Wireless. It's um, it's one of those albums that I just you just have to listen to. It's um, so uh, how do, how do you describe it? I mean, it's actually got about five or six singles on it. I think no, not six. Exaggerating, but um, do you blind him with science? Oh, I remember that one, yeah, yeah. There's a great um scientist in that as well. I remember the video, I remember the was it probably on MTV? I remember that. Yeah. What's his name again? I can't think of his name. Um, Magnus, Mag- uh, Magnus, no. Pike. Magnus, Magnus Pike, Magnus Pike. Oh, oh. with science. Yeah, minus Pike. Minus Pike. Ah, tune. Great. Um, what year was this album? Um, this was eighty-two. Yeah. Oh, yeah. that would have been. 
was that not the first year MTV came to it was UK, the UK? I think so. And yeah, was Buggles, which was the first video on that. Buggles, yeah. yeah, video killed the radio star. Yeah, yeah that yeah, must be eight. Surely that's eighty-two. I'm going to check. Yeah. <laughs> but it's um, how do you describe it? It's a um, what is it? Electronic. It's yeah. uh, keyboards. Um, it's just um, I think it's, at the time it felt ahead of its time. Maybe because of the cover. I love the cover. Yeah. He's done some good boys. You know, not a hiding link boys magazine type thing. Um, yeah, great. And, the, and yeah. The, the guy himself, Thomas Dolby. And was was yeah. Dolby was Dolby his real name? No, I think it, um, it's Robertson. Robertson, yeah. Thomas, something Robertson. Yeah. Uh, but, oh, Buggles was 1980, so this is a couple of years later. Uh, Thomas Morgan Dolby Robertson. Oh, yeah. Yeah, conservative. I <laughs> uh, <laughs> vote. But, but it's a great <laughs> album because um, but the only thing that's missing on there is the trap that is on the, uh, the CD version. All right. Because um, called one of our submarines is missing. Right, yeah. Oh, that's, what a great, what a great name for a song. Yeah. yeah, but honestly, if you buy this and you don't like it, you're disappointed. I'll buy it off you because it's one of those albums you really need to buy. And if you can, if you can splash out a few bob for this version. Which came out the fortieth, um, the fortieth edition version that last year, I think it was, or the year before. Um, but this is Alan opening the the record. Twenty nineteen, I think. Yeah. This is um, one of my top albums that's been picked tonight. I have to say. This is. Oh wow, that is high praise indeed. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, that's nice. Oh, that's pretty cool, yeah. Lovely. So for those watching in black and white, it's um, splatter. <laughs> splatter that, black and black yeah. and blue. Like Very an nice. Eye, like an eyeball effect. Yeah. But, um, it is like an eyeball effect, isn't it? It is. But, um, or, well, it's more like, yeah, like a, an iris. And um, the other thing about this album is, uh, well, I know that... Um, one of my favourite um, songwriters is, is on on here as well. As I think he's only responsible. He's only he's only responsible for doing hand claps, and uh, that's Andy Partridge from XDC. Nice. <laughs> um, and um, and somebody in my somebody in my. I think I've got a, a, a real feeling that Jim Kerr is on this album as well, doing hand oh, really? as well, or, or backtracking. I couldn't find him earlier tonight, but I think Jim Kerr from um, Simple Minds could also be on there. But yeah, it's it's a, a, a superb album, and um, I thoroughly recommend listening. Right, that's on the list. That's, that's definitely on the list of us too.
Um, it's just had his autobiographies worth reading as well because he's had like three, four different careers. Yeah. In his time. Been, not just that. Um, sorry, Dave. Yeah, as you say. Um, a fantastic um, rec record producer, in, including Prefab Sprout. Yeah, great. He produced um, Steve McQueen uh, for Prefab Sprout. But yeah, and uh, um, the daftest thing I never see, I never did was going to see him a few years ago uh, um, in Hatfield, which is very close to me. Um, I went to see. Um, We'll see China crisis like that All right. the week before, and then I saw a poster outside saying that Thomas Dolby was there the week previous. Oh, yeah, cut it. So, yeah, great, great artist and um, very underrated. But, uh, you don't hear much of him now, so I don't know what he's doing. Well, yeah, he had great, great. He, he did have that spell, didn't he? Where um, in the nineties he he sort of done his time with music. I think he became a bit disenchanted. He performed with Bowie. Um, he was brought in to play keyboards when Waters toured the Wall. Oh right, did that stuff. But then he um, actually in the nineties he founded a um, software company. Um, with the technology used for the sounds on the first mobile phones, so so he he helped create some of those early polyphonic ringtones, and one of them was used for the Nokia phone. Oh, class! Um, what a great fact. So he's done TED talks as well. You know, he's 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 had a lot had a lot going on in his in his life. Um, but you know what? That album of his is fantastic, and. Whenever he's released new albums, I've always listened to them, just hoping they were going to be as good as that one. Yeah. Um, and that just come up short. Yeah, Aliens ain't my viewer. Ah. quite. Yeah, yeah, good. it's good. And the cover for that is is even better than that. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, well, but yeah, if and the flat, the flat Earth one, the, 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 the was it my, the flat Earth yeah. or something that was very good. But, yeah. Well, yeah, but um... anyways, go on. Yeah. Sorry, go on, go on, Mark. No, no, I have to say, last week, I think it was last week or the week before, David, you stole the show with um, your choices, but um, Alan's choice there has, um, has really intrigued me. Um, cool, because I, I, I vaguely remember that song with Magnus Pike in it. And uh, I'm looking. I'm looking forward to uh, seeking that that particular album out. Oh, no, no, yeah, oh, that's probably one that I like the least, to be quite honest. When oh, you got really? when, when you got Magnus Pike on there, don't, I don't need that. But the music's so <laughs> fantastic. So hyperactive. Oh, do, you, yeah. do you remember him? What a what a what a guy he was. Oh yeah, yeah. No, he's great. Yeah. I mean, he was like um, the, um, the, the the stars at night. Um, Richard, Patrick Moore. Patrick Moore. Patrick Moore. Patrick yeah. and is Moore. Big call out for Patrick tonight. Yeah. He's yeah. listening. Yeah. yeah, got name checked by mistake. Yep, he did indeed. Well, who's on next, Mark? Mark. 
Closing act. Yeah, Jesus. I'm going to be very predictable. And I'll tell you what, in all in all the times it's we've been... No, it's not Queen. It's not Zeppelin. Oh, not that predictable. No, it's not that <laughs> predictable. It's not Kate Bush. No. Um, Is it the woman who was at the fringe who ran around in that leotard? In the words of Roy Walker, you're close, but you're not right. It's going to be you too, isn't it? It's not you too either, no. <laughs> so it, it actually isn't that predictable. <laughs> no, it's uh, not. This, this band I, I fell in love with before I fell in love with Queen. Um, I would have been seven. I would have been seven. And I, the reason I know this is because um, I remember sitting in the old Abbey primary school, which was completely dilapidated. Uh, there were holes in the floors. And uh, our teacher, Mr. Cosgrove, at the time said, draw a picture of your favourite band. And then this guy, Gerald Morgan, his nickname uh, was Fred. Uh, but call out to him if he's listening. Fred and I had a competition. It, it ended up, the two of us were sitting at the front of the class and uh, we drew our favourite band. His was, oh, Jesus, I can't remember. I think it was you 2 And mine, obviously, was this band. And we had to draw all these circles that represented lights and colour them in. And he had like 750 and I had 400. Okay, so I'm telling the story. You're trying to visualise it, but... It is it is etched here. So I'll 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 put you out of your misery. Um this band were my first proper oh my god, I love this band. It's uh Outlandus de Moor, it's the place. Uh, uh so I've I've chosen two from nineteen eighty seven and this will be, I didn't realise it, the second from nineteen seventy eight. It's such a bloody great album. You can call them white reggae, new wave, post-punk, whatever. Every single song on it is edgy. Edgy. Roxanne is about him falling in love with a prostitute. Mm. So when I'm listening to this at the age of seven, eight, I'm thinking, oh, it's a great song. It's a great song. And um, um be my album when you were seven my my no i i'd heard it yeah so it was it was in the collection in the house oh, right. so the, the first song that kind of got me hooked on them was was after this it was um regatta de blanc but having listened to their stuff i didn't realize how edgy it was so you had roxanne can't stand losing you so lonely so lonely is about basically a guy finishing with his girlfriend. Some other guy comes along who is, you know, far better than him, and he's gonna do something stupid. Um, and then there's the one about the blow up girl at the end. Be my girl, Sally. Be my girl, Sally. Sally, be my girl. And uh, it was only in my thirties, I think. That I realised what this was actually about. <laughs> it's about like when you've got one for yourself. <laughs> yes. I didn't realise. I thought, oh, Sally, Sally, be my girl, be my girl, and because uh, you think it's a catchy tune, it's a catchy tune, great. It's a bit like Lola by the Kinks. Yeah, it's all yeah. about you know a transvestite and or a transsexual, or whatever, whatever. So, I th I think so, I think so, but. Um, 
I love this album for so many reasons. Um, because when I listen to the police and their songs and their hits, um, I, I didn't class it as reggae because I didn't like reggae. Um, a mate of mine, I, I, I used to work with in Cap Gemini, first company I worked with when I when I left uni. Um, lovely guy. I think he was I think he was from Birmingham. And uh, he was trying to educate me with with reggae. And I was basically saying, this is the kind of music I like. And I mentioned the police and he said, they are white reggae. And the difference between reggae and white reggae is white reggae has a melody. It has a catchy mm -hmm. tune, a catchy chorus, and that's the hook. And he said, <laughs> he said something, I don't know, the likes of you like a melody, you like a catchy tune because that's what you grew up on. I just thought, you know, he's absolutely right. Because I never even considered the police to be remotely reggae. But now that I listen to all their songs, from Outlandis, Regatta de Blanc, Zenyana Mandara, there is cutting right through it, reggae. And it's brilliant. Anyway, this is going on as, as number four. Um, there are songs in this album that never made a single but they're very, very much worth the listen. Including Be My Girl, Sally, Be My Girl. Uh, classic album, Mark. Yeah, I could, I could have put it in, but I didn't think it was their, their finest album. Yeah, see, you didn't read the remit. No, I <laughs> did. I abode by the rules. <laughs> It is, it is, it is a fantastic debut album. I mean, we we could argue night and day that Regatta de Blanc is probably, probably their best. Uh, but as a starter for ten, a band yeah. who are are kind of, basically you're coming out from this era in this in mid, you know, mid seventies, and trying to bridge the gap. You're trying to be punk reggae pop rock what an amazing achievement for a band to actually grab all that put it all together and stick it on an album because that's exactly what they did and that's why these three three guys not a four-piece band these three lads and what they did after that was they, they went on a world tour and i think they were the first band to ever do this they um you know they videoed the whole thing and they took a chance that they weren't that big in Japan or that big in Asia. And they became even bigger when they released uh, the footage of their, their live performances based on a couple of albums. They were completely on the money. And uh, their, their songs are iconic to this day. There you go. Outlandas de Moor by the police. They had some great management behind them, I think. I, I don't yeah, yeah. It was Miles, Miles Copeland. Yeah. Miles Copeland, yeah. Something to do with Stuart, maybe. Yeah, yes, bigger and, brother. Um, yep. Yeah. So, um, yeah. Yeah, can't argue with that. Good. I haven't worked with you otherwise. Yeah. It's a great choice. I think the other thing, Mark, so what you discussed about them, you know, bringing all of that that talent in into the 
into the police. Of course, I don't think for any of them, reggae is their natural starting point. You know, they all come exactly. from different different worlds completely. Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, Sting was uh, an English teacher in Newcastle. Stuart Copeland uh, was the son of a diplomat. A phenomenal drummer. I mean, we were talking about best bands of all time and best drummer, and I had John Bonham. Copeland is a fantastic drummer. Seriously, okay. seriously fantastic drummer. Okay. Yeah. Hey? I, I picked him. Yeah. Did you? In your fancy band. Yeah. Oh, well. Yeah. Hats off. I'm getting old. I forgot. <laughs> yeah, Copeland's fantastic. And, and then you've got that kind of bridge between them with Andy Summers. And he's Amazing. he's a great, great guitarist. Um, yeah. Just picked up an album the other week with him and Robert Fripp to playing away together. Cool. You think of the riffs, you think of the riffs and the guitar solos and uh, this sound coming from three guys and this uh, fusion of, of, of different types of music at the time. No wonder they were the biggest band for the best part of four or five years in the world at the time, because no one had ever heard this kind of music. It just ripped through everything. It ripped through punk, new wave, rock, glam, the whole shebang. And that's why the place for me will, will, will always be, uh, yeah, one, one of my favorite bands and the first band that I fell in love with. Right. Right. Well, fitting end yeah. to uh, to the yeah, podcast. They're in, my, they're in my top ten easily. Yeah, brilliant. I'll tell you what, we did well tonight. We avoided our um, regulars, shall we say? Yeah, well, <laughs> we did. Well done, everyone. Uh, <laughs> yeah, well done. Good show. It only took two and a half. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. The editor, the the editor, producer, director is going to have. Some task on his hand to cut this one down. Yeah. <laughs> Good thing my wife's away this weekend. <laughs> Excellent. Oh, well, get the mistress to do it. <laughs> Is that London again, Dave? Uh, she's going to Cardiff. She's got a half marathon. Uh, cool. Well, good honour. I wish her the best. Thank you. Is she doing it for a charity Just or? Drive into Cardiff to run. I know. It doesn't make sense, does it? But... <laughs> Is she, is she doing it for a, a charity? Uh, no, no, uh, no, no. This one's just a, just one of several half marathons she's got planned for this year. Just for the crack. But yeah. I've got a trip in Manchester yeah, coming up later in the year, though. Oh yeah. Yeah. When's that? I'm going to say May. I might be wrong. All right. I was thinking I could meet up with you. Yeah, I, was, I think it's halfway. I'll, I'll message you. I'll message you about that. Yeah, do 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 that. I could um I could jump on the car or the train. I could sort something. Excellent. That'd be good. That'd be good. Guys, thank you very much. I've really enjoyed that. And uh great yeah, reminder yeah. about albums forgotten um and yeah. and others need to start listening to again. I'm gonna go and listen to Flying Saucer Attack before I go to bed. All right. Yeah, I'm I'm honestly. Yeah, I think I think tonight Alan wins the gong. 
<laughs> he's got the gong. <laughs> two two of them you chose the night were, yeah, two I haven't heard of before, but I'm going to have a good listen to. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Cool. Uh, honestly, I wouldn't say it if it wasn't worth it. So, thank I, you. I know you wouldn't, guys. And on that on that note, yep. See you again in two it. weeks. Cheers, guys. Yeah, All right, cheers. Bye. Thanks a lot. God bless. Okay. Cheers, guys. Cheers.